42 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. NSA Director Mike Rogers says the U.S. is not doing enough to stop Russia from meddling in future elections. He appeared before a Senate committee yesterday. My concern is I believe that President Putin has clearly come to the conclusion there's little price to play here. Bingo. And that therefore I can continue this activity. Yes. He added that if the U.S. does not issue sanctions for the meddling or take increased measures to prevent it from happening again, 2016 will not be seen as an isolated incident. The NSA director also said that he has not been granted legal authority to attack Russian hacking operations where they originate. For nearly 20 years, Monica Lewinsky shared the responsibility for her affair with former President Bill Clinton and insisted it was consensual, but now says she is rethinking the issue of consent. In the wake of the Me Too movement, in a new Vanity Fair article, the former White House intern says she now sees the affair as an inappropriate abuse of authority, station, and privilege. Lewinsky has always maintained their relationship was consensual and that the only abuse she endured came in the aftermath of it becoming public. But the Me Too movement has made her look at it differently. She says, quote, now at 44, I'm beginning to consider the implications of the power differentials that were so vast between a president and a White House intern. I'm beginning to entertain the notion that in such a circumstance, the idea of consent might well be rendered moot, end quote. Lewinsky says the fallout from her relationship with Clinton left her with post-traumatic stress disorder. That's a really interesting case because that that's basically... If you if you agree with her there, then are we saying that you can completely re-characterize a, a relationship upon further reflection? Because this has been her stance, like you said, for yeah. how many years? That's that's weird. Twenty plus years. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty strange to change it now. Mm-hmm. But but I understand what she's saying. I mean, she wasn't in a position where. Saying no would have been a great move for her in her career. I don't. I mean, that's, no. that's like that. That's the one thing that I have with the problem with this entire conversation is that it's completely deleting the motivations of the people who feel like they're they did not have any power or whatever. So when the president approaches you and says like, "Hey, you know, want to get together." You still have a choice. There is no physical force there. You're just weighing your options. So is it going to be good for my career? Is it no. you know, what what any any of that stuff? Right. And there's a choice that's still made. It might be under, you know, duress or something like that, but there's still a choice. It's not like, you know, I, I don't know. That's that when you start conflating that with consent. She wasn't I think it's physically a forced into a relationship, right. which is the traditional way of looking at this. And I guess the Me Too is more is more than that. Yeah, I always, I mean, nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors, but it always felt to me like she was somewhat the aggressor. Like, hey, you up for this? Yeah. And he was more than willing. It's kind of the way that, like, I sometimes feel about the Bill Cosby thing, like when there's like, well, he invited me out to his uh, chateau in uh, Lake Tahoe for so he could give me career advice. Well, you knew he was married. And, yeah, and but so hold on, you, dude. You made he drugged th- people. Well, now I'm just saying in one that uh, the one yeah, case, so totally uh, different. All right, so delete that. So delete that. But I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that in in general, there's a choice that's made. Also, so mm-hmm. you obviously wanted something out of him. He wanted something out of you. More carnal, but there was a choice that was that was made there. You didn't have to get on the flight and and take that. Now on the I will say, asterisks. You also shouldn't uh, 
sip anything next to Bill Cosby, apparently, <laughs> because that's not a choice. Crews continue to work on removing debris from a landslide that has closed part of the West End Circle in Pittsburgh. Officials say it might take a week to clean up the area and stabilize the remaining earth to prevent an additional closure. It's estimated the landslide is affecting about 17,000 drivers daily, and officials are blaming a new landslide for the evacuation of a Perry North neighborhood. Uh, City officials say the new landslide was reported midday yesterday and threatens a Semiser Street home. Neighbors tell Channel 11 the home dropped three to four feet overnight and the rear of the house began to collapse. Today is Rare Disease Day, an observation that takes place each year on the last day I of February. <laughs> Whatever it is. Which I'm one? so sick. I, I don't even know. What are you doing here? I Yeah, why are you here? It's it just... You know, it's one of them. Are you going to make the rest of us sick? No, it's not. I, this is an internal combustion thing. It's not. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it's not contagious? I don't think so. This is like an infection, not a virus. Um, so, uh, it's a day to shine a spotlight on the issue of rare diseases, which may, many in the general public may not have an awareness of. And here's one you probably never heard of. A Minnesota toddler with a severe water allergy is allergic even to her own what? tears, which what? isn't really oh, water. But, man. Uh, the girl's mother tells people 18 month old Ivy Angerman has a rare condition that makes her break out in hives whenever her skin comes into contact with water. She says when Ivy cries, her face swells up from her own tears, and even a few raindrops can result in an outbreak. Ugh. For now, her only recommended treatment is an- antihistamines, which the b- baby takes on bath days. Her mother, Brittany, has created a GoFundMe page to help the family move into a house with a purified water system, which I guess maybe it's some chemical in the water that causes the problem. So maybe it's not actually a water allergy. It's but, the uh, H in H2O. Right. So. Um, <laughs> uh, so they hope that will help review, uh, reduce the severity of the allergic reaction. She should move to San Diego where there's, you know, no rain days. I mean, that is just crazy. Yeah, I so watched. P- Go ahead, no, some some people say that like you know these food allergies are like oh, that's proof that we're just becoming a bunch of sissy nation like oh we got kids with peanut I was like I think that that's more of a a a reflection on how uh, apathetic we are to the plight of others like I was on a mega bus one time and this lady stood up and she was like shaking there was a full packed mega bus and she says uh, I- I'm sorry everyone but I I uh, my name's Janet I have a terrible terrible peanut allergy so if you could just Hold your uh, any candy bars or anything like that. that. Yeah, hold your nuts <laughs> while we go to Altoona. I would really appreciate it because if I do get that, I might go into anaphylactic shock or like blah blah. And the people behind me were just like, like they were so disappointed that they couldn't just hold on to their payday to, to, until we got to Altoona. That they couldn't like this woman was going to die potentially, and they were slightly, slightly inconvenienced by it and were furious about it. So what? I can't eat my Snickers now. Yeah. <laughs> that that is kind of funny. To You're, me, it's just a it's a comment on how how much of a dumpster fire our our food situation is. Yeah, that's I'm a good with, point. I'm with you. Our food has been industrialized in ways that we won't realize for years and years and years. But there's new like we're all going to be. I mean, forget penicillin. We're we're that's not going to have any <laughs> superbugs. Yeah, all the all I, the chickens are on steroids. I had a chicken breast the other day. I swear to God, the thing looked like a football. It was like <laughs> half of a. Oh yeah, they can. 
be pretty it was well, they, so a lot of, big. Some, where did you get it? Did you buy it at the grocery store or yeah. at a restaurant? Sometimes they pump them Thanks full Thanks, Rub. Guy on the street. Flowers, <laughs> chicken breasts. They pump them full of, of broth. Like, you have to read the label. Oh. So it's like it a big makes water them balloon. look bigger, yeah. Whoa. If, I don't mind being if they're pumped full of broth. It's when they're pumped full of other things. I think these were organic chicken breasts that I did, like. Maybe it was organic broth. I don't know. I think it was from Giant Eagle, though. It was like all they had. And uh, I, I'm like looking at it like, this chicken must have been the biggest, baddest. Like, I'm surprised they killed it. You're getting the Debo chicken. Yeah, basically. I, I, well, I mean, if you, Harrison's a, of chicken. If, if you ever watch on uh, Netflix Food Inc., it talks about how they just pump these chickens in, in, um, in all these chicken houses. They pump them full of steroids. They grow twice as big in half the time, and they they go so big that they can't even walk. And they're just all breast. Yeah, because they're all breast. And then sounds like my kind of chicken. It, they, <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy because there's only two or three providers now that control pretty much the entire market. So we're all eating it. They're all have antibiotics in them and Start steroids. Your own that's, That's the I'm only saying. solution. You know my philosophy on this, though, it, it, seriously, because I used to know a lot of people that were like, they tried so hard to be clean eaters and, and eliminate all the steroids and antibiotic stuff. I was like, it's never going away. Nope. So as long as the, the population of the world continues to increase, we're going to have to find more effed up ways to produce enough food. So you might as well just slowly, incrementally poison yourself so you become resistant to it. It's like taking a little bit of arsenic every day you know, to avoid being poisoned. Yeah. So if you go from a completely pristine environment to a toxic environment, you'll die. But if you kind of poison yourself a little bit each day, you might just make it. Well, that's, that's my why philosophy. That, that's uh, and I agree with that, and that's why I think we're at the beginning of this curve, and that's why we have the peanut allergies and all this. Because whenever you hear people say we drank out of the hose, we never got sick. It's like yeah, because your pappy was working in the mill and <laughs> yeah, ingesting dumping manganese into the river, right? And that was just the accumulation of sixty years of. <laughs> horrible chemicals going into your body. We're just at the beginning of that now with the food. Uh, back to the bizarre diseases. I watched a, a documentary once, and this little kid couldn't feel pain. I've seen oh, that, Which yeah. initially I thought, it would be great to have that, but then I thought, no. you would have a like, broken arm and you wouldn't even know it. Or you're just taking cookies out of the oven with your bare hand and like right. setting them on there. You're like, ow. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I think... I, I would I would like that after a while though. Not feeling pain. Yeah, because no, you could like you probably still it's know physical. like. <laughs> yeah. Well, the technology <laughs> will catch up to the point where you'll literally be able to like at the end of the day be like, let's see what I effed up today, and like you can walk through your own little cat scan and it'll <laughs> like flash up on mm -hmm. like your your plasma TV. Uh, you look over, you're like, no, nah, uh, well, it looks like I blew my knee out. Okay, well, I have to yeah. figure that. I mean, if you can't It'll just walk, be your, right? your, you'll, you'll have a smart doorway in your house. Yeah, that exactly. You just walk yeah, through. but if you can't feel pain, you would probably just keep walking on it. Right? No, that's awesome. <laughs> no, that's dangerous. <laughs> For doesn't, who? It, it doesn't Clint Hurdle's daughter has a very rare disease, like where she can't, she, she doesn't know when she's full. I think. Oh, yeah. You ever heard of that? that like she, when she eats, she she never can feel full. I that, remember reading an article about it, and I'm hoping I'm not miscategorizing this. I'll look it up real quick.
Some residents <clears throat> in a Florida nudist resort are Crater not... Will Syndrome is what uh, she has. And Prater Will Syndrome. Um, they don't go into it in the article I'm looking at. I'll, I'll, you keep trucking over there. I'll figure it out. Some residents in a Florida nudist resort aren't happy with a substitute mail carrier who refuses to deliver their packages. Hudson, Florida res- residents at the Eden RV Resort claim their normal mail carrier has no issues delivering the mail to them, but a temporary carrier won't go inside the gates. <laughs> a post office manager told residents the mail carrier is not required to enter the community if nudity offends her. Some residents believe an appropriate compromise is to deliver the mail to the community's main office. Car- have refused to deliver to several locations in the past for other unusual reasons, such as territorial turkeys, bed bugs, <laughs> and aggressive pets, which is doesn't. Uh, not, there's nothing like a nudist colony with bed bugs. That's a lot of and aggressive turkeys. You better watch out. Aggressive turkeys sounds like something you would see at a nudist colony. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a move. <laughs> Several music acts are responsible for raising nearly $2 million for first responders and victims of California wildfires and mudslides. David Crosby, Doors guitarist Robbie Krieger, Alan Parsons, Kenny Loggins, and Steve Vai were some of the biggest names who performed at the Kick Ash Bash fundraiser over the weekend in Southern California. All the money raised is earmarked for the Santa Barbara Firefighters Alliance. That money will go toward emergency services, equipment, and survivor relief following the fires and deadly mudslides in Montecito near Santa Barbara. And the first ever film about Stone Temple Pilots is in the works, according to executives at Showtime. One of several rock-related movies coming to the network is one focusing on the 90s band led by late frontman Scott Weiland. Singer was found dead of an accidental overdose December 3rd, 2015 on his tour bus in Bloomington, Minnesota at the age of 48. Stone Temple Pilots filmed footage for what was intended to be a documentary about the making of the 2001 album Shangri-La Dida but it is unknown if that film was ever finished. Clouds and sun, slight chance of rain today, near 60 for the high, rain in mid-40s overnight tonight. It's 42 at DVE. So, Prater Will, is, uh, you, you had it pretty much right, and uh, it's like an inability to, to stop being hungry. And there, but there must, it, it affects a lot of things. Like your yeah. muscle tone is completely, um, like, it's slowed down. And it yeah, doesn't, your you metabolism, don't develop, yeah. You don't develop it at the same rate. Um, so that Scary. was pretty much what it is. Yeah, Jeff Conkle here, Mr. Wednesday. Appropriate for rare disease. Rare, rare disease, disease day. This, yeah, it sounds like you're about to be. Like this should be playing in the hospital. Yeah. When, when the doc- doctor from American Werewolf in London comes in and tells you you're a werewolf. <laughs> Jeff Conkle uh, here with us. You know, speaking of weird scientific things, Barbara Streisand. Well, first of all, she's a weird scientific thing. Yes. It looks like she she cloned her dogs, okay, her, her dog twice. So her dog was dying. Oh, so she's did- like, you know what? I like this dog so much. I want a couple more. The weird thing is, though, she put her nose on them, which was strange looking. She looks like she cloned herself yeah, from, she does. from Vincent in B- Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> That's what she's looking like these days. Um, but Babs, now Val, I know you have strong opinions about uh, this with your pet. 
Cloning your pet and thinking you're going to get the same exact pet over and over and over and over again is not I mean, how it works. Didn't anybody see Pet Cemetery? I, I know it's a different yeah, thing, but come we, on. Or multiplicity. Are we right. cool with this, number one? Number two, is this legal? Or if you, you have enough money, you can just start cloning stuff. Yeah, you can do anything if you have enough money. Her beloved dog, Samantha, died in November, 14 years old. Barbara had some cells extracted from her mouth and stomach. That genetic material was used to create two Samantha clones, Miss Violet and Miss Scarlet. But so far, unclear uh, if it was worth it. Barbara said they have different personalities. I'm waiting for them to get older so I can see if they have so they turn Samantha's brown eyes. In, <laughs> and, and she, she wants to see if they have Samantha's brown eyes. And seriousness. But what if they it sounds don't? Sounds like she has some nice. Yeah, if they don't, yeah, throw them out in the street. Right. She also has oh, another dog man. that's a this is... quote distant cousin of Samantha's. So this dog must have really been special to her. Her husband James Brolin is seventy-seven. You know, maybe they'll he, clone him. Yeah, she, she might want to get a younger model. It's creepy. I I I think it's creepy, and also if my sister and brother-in-law's dog who just passed away. If we had that ability, I would I'd want to clone that guy. He was yeah. like a member of the family. Yeah, I felt the same way about my first dog, Jackson, especially. That dude was like my right hand man. Like I got him as a puppy when I was twenty two and held on to him. Hey Barbara, how about take the money you spent on the cloning and give it to an animal shelter? Well, that's just it. There's so many I animal mean, shelters many... that are full of dogs. Yeah, that they euthanize tens of thousands of them every day. Across this country. And she could very easily hire somebody to train the dogs. Right. She doesn't have to do a thing. This this whole Nothing f- is meant to live forever. I, I feel right. like this is as close as we're going to get to God being like, all right, I've let you guys get away yeah. with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm not letting you clone people now. Now you're ripping me off. Yeah, this is blatant plagiarism, and I'm suing you. <laughs> I'm Spirit. You guys are Led Zeppelin. I wrote Stairway. <laughs> you don't do Stairway. I, I I just don't know what the point is because you're not go. It's not the same dog. Yeah, you don't have the same experiences with that dog. The dog doesn't have the same memories. And don't you feel like it's it's wrong to the spirit of the original dog too? Yes. Because it's it's not you're you're just trying to replace it. You can't reminisce with that dog. He it's- doesn't remember. Right. <laughs> You do reminisce with the dog, though. I'm because they, they they go to you go to the same beach or the yep. same path. That's all reminisce. They're like, yes, Remember I this love path? this place. No, I've uh, never been here before. I have a great idea for a business, new business that'll come out in the next five years. Blade Runner for dogs. I can now just check who's a replicant and then eliminate them. Oh my god, that's, that's scary. real good idea. Have I you like ever seen? There's a there's this movie that my kids are obsessed with. It's called Boss Baby. And in the movie, it's like the plot is obviously irrelevant. But at the end, (laughs) there's this thing that happens where this guy has this new company and it's called the Forever Puppy. And it's like dogs that stay puppies forever. And this is like like we're going towards this weird cartoon movie now all of a sudden. I just said to my husband the other day, I'm like, I don't want I mean, our dogs are 13, but I said I don't want them to get old, but I know they're going to, and right. they're going to die someday, yeah, and then I'll get another dog. That's how it happens. Yeah, then you get another dog. Sally Wigan once smartly said to me, life is a series of dogs. 
Yeah. But you know what? Oh, I, love I that. thought the other day, I'm like, I might only have one more set of dogs in my life. Oh, Val, don't get that uh, morbid. You could mess up and kill lots of dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to make yourself Thanks feel better, just buy a like a really big dog that has a short lifespan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think Pile that, them up. Don't get you a bunch think of, that that's the trade-off with love, though, is that obviously there has to be a yin and a yang. There has to be great love and then great sadness that it comes with it. It has to be finite. My, when my, with life. My mom's cat died the first time. She was so she upset. Died more than once? No, yeah, the first time. Yeah, the first time. Well, we <laughs> she got had nine cat. lives. But uh, but I remember her like right after we had to put it to sleep. She's she just said, and this was like a pure moment of honesty. She's like, I almost wish she was never alive, oh, because like I feel so loss. bad right now yeah. that it almost makes the. But it it was in the immediate moment, and then after you you know get through that. You love the the fact yeah. that you ever even had the, the the cat or dog or whatever it was. There's an episode. So it, it, it's just in the immediacy. Yeah. Oh, well, now I understand that imp- impulse, though, to be like, I wish I never felt right all that, so I wouldn't feel this bad. There's an episode of Black Mirror where they d- deal with this. <laughs> God, you, Every we're day obsessed with, with your hu- with your hu- her husband. This woman's husband dies in a car accident, and um, it's like you know, obviously the, the whole thing is dystopian future digital dystopia but the this at at the guy's funeral one of her friends is like i'm signing you up she's like signing me up for what And it was a service that basically was sending her emails in the voice of her husband and she's like no i don't want this and then (laughs) and then it goes further they can like scour the internet and take the voice of this guy all the recordings that he ever had and then start to build backward and you can actually get like messages from him. And then if you decide, you feed in all the videos and all this audio that you have, you can have these phone conversations. And then it learns the, the, the voice and then it feeds on itself. And then it begins to build the personality and you can correct it. And it'll say things like, would I not say something like that? And, then, and she's like, no, you wouldn't. And he's like, okay, well, I'll not say that again. And then it slowly over time cre- creates this near replica, very close. And the whole episode deals with is that good enough, or is it way, way, way worse? You gotta, dude. You gotta watch Westworld. Westworld. I mean, this is kind of what Westworld is. It's it's sort of like these these robots who live out in this in this Western place where mm-hmm. people just go and live out their fantasies of you know living in the West uh, during like frontier times, and then all of the the robots become self realizing. And it's, 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 AI, ama- baby. It, it's, it's awesome, but it's also scary as hell. Did you see the robots last week? The dog robots? Yeah. Oh Boston my God. Dynamics. Opening that door. Starting to learn. They're becoming more and more like velociraptors in Jurassic oh Park, God. which yeah. I'm I mean, not a fan yeah, of. It looks like something out of that video game, Resident Evil. I'm scared. I'm telling you. All right, we got to take a quick break. Mike will be back. Pens last night, their first game with Derek Broussard. They go down to the uh, Devils. An exciting game, though. Fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, big news, of course, was that Matt Mealy is going to be out for uh, a while with a concussion. Uh, so, uh, Casey uh, uh, DeSmith. Can we clone Matt Murray? <laughs> DVE Sports. TV morning show, Mike Pursuta, which is sports right now. And it was the debut of Derek Broussard as a penguin last evening against the Devils, but uh, they knew what to expect from the Devil, and they got it. That they did. They also got a look at what the Devils look like with Michael Grabner. Faster. Who was faster. his usual pain in the neck self. Uh, the Penguins were shooting 
for their 12th consecutive home victory last night at PPG Paints Arena, and Sidney Crosby got the party started. Gets back in the Devils. The Devils on a shot back in front. It comes off, and Crosby finds the rebound on Alexia shot, and the dominant shot, and the Penguins have a one nothing lead. Sidney Crosby found it right on the front porch, and it's finders keepers, <laughs> losers weepers. <laughs> It became a uh, back-and-forth game from there, and New Jersey inched ahead for a second time early in period number three. Jamming into Pittsburgh with territory. Devils get it, and they put it in front, and a quick shot, and a big save there. On the netminder, Casey to Smith, it goes back towards the goal, and it comes off to Smith, and in the net, Devils have taken the lead. Mason shot it. It hits something on the way in. The Devils are going to take the lead. Stephen Nason is going to give them the lead. Yeah, tip right in front of Matt Murray, uh, just under the arm. and Not Matt Murray, Casey DeSmith. Under the stick, Six hole. stick arm and trickled in. Uh, that gave New Jersey a 3-2 lead at 5-0-1 at period number three. The Penguins kept pushing from there. They pulled the goaltender, and in the end, they did everything but score. Five seconds left. The puck behind the net. Smokin' couldn't take it. It goes by him on the near side. And the Devils will hold on. And win this game by the score of three to two. Well, Penguins took them right down to the wire, but their 11-game home winning streak has come to an end. And New Jersey wins for the 16th time on the road this year, and they pull within two points of the Pittsburgh Penguins are up the ladder. Uh, with this win, uh, you know, they get two points. So, your final score here tonight: New Jersey three and Pittsburgh two. And coupled with Washington's 3-2 win over Ottawa, the Pens are now three points behind the Caps for first place in the Metropolitan Division. It's Washington with 79 points, Philadelphia with 78, the Pens with 76, and the Devils, as Mike Lang pointed out, with 74. Tight. Washington and Pittsburgh have played 64 games. Philadelphia and New Jersey have played 63. The Pens are next in action Thursday night at Boston. They host the Islanders at 5 on Saturday. This is heating up. You know, we had talked yesterday, is New Jersey a legit contender or the Devils just overachieving and having a better season than people thought they would? And, man, for long stretches, they made that game at their tempo and their pace, did they not? Mm -hmm. And they play that pain-in-the-ass style that frustrates you. And Same Devils, new faces. Yeah, they're they're starting Mm -hmm. to get it. I think they're, they're like that dog that... You don't think it could do any damage, but it keeps trying to bite you in the ankle. Well, you end up trying to make a play that isn't there and giving them an odd man rush. Yeah. Penguins had 12 giveaways last night to three for New Jersey. and uh, that's You can't play like that in front of DeSmith. That's a Devils-style game. Who I thought he played exceptionally well. Definitely. Given the, how sloppy the Penguins were and the quality of chances they were giving up. Right away. He gave them every chance. He made to, big saves right away. To hang in and win that game. Even on the goals, he already made a great save. Right before the third goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penguins got to tighten it up. They're going to have to tighten it up uh, with consistency. And I think they know that. Uh, Derek Broussard did make his debut as much anticipated Penguins debut. 16 minutes and 58 seconds. Didn't have any points. Uh, one minute and 20 seconds on the power play. 15, 30, 38 at even strength. Two shots, four hits, three giveaways. And he was uh, six wins and seven losses in the faceoff circle. Mike Sullivan started out with Broussard between Connor Sherry and Phil Kessel. 
It was uh, Gens- Gensel, Crosby, Rust on the first line, Hagen, Haglin, Malkin, Hornquist on the second, and Kuhnhackle, Shane, Rowney on the third, although Sullivan, uh, about midway through the game, kind of went down to 10 forwards and was trying to mix and match a little bit to uh, get the Penguins started to no avail. You mentioned uh, the Matt Murray concussion. Uh, the Penguins quickly recalled Tristan Jari back from Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. Uh, probably never got there. That all happened so quickly. Uh, stay tuned on Matt Murray. And uh, these types of situations not exclusive to the Penguins. Uh, the Pens reminded of that via the news yesterday that Bruins center Patrice Bergeron is going to be out with a broken foot. Oh, that stinks for that. That's huge for them. That is uh, monumental for them. Uh, they're going to reevaluate him. Bergeron. They're going to reevaluate, reevaluate him in a couple of weeks. Uh, it begins the grind. You know, you got to get to the playoffs, and then you're going to go all the way. It's a two month deal, and you got to survive a lot of stuff. War of attrition. Things happen. The the deck reshuffles. The first game after the trade deadline, too, particularly when you're a contender, there's this onus of, all right, here's what we are, we're and supreme. Yeah, th- this is as good as we're getting, and we better get it done. So. I think there was a little bit of that kind of hanging over them last night. Oh, I don't. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, it takes a little while to sort of reset, and everybody figures out what their different roles are, and you start getting used to playing with different guys. And that being said, uh, the hockey gods are smiling on Gino right now because Oof. I swear to God, every time he has the puck, it looks like he's going to score, and it doesn't want to leave him. The puck just comes back to him. Yeah, isn't that a crazy thing in hockey? It's just, just you get in that flow zone. They understand each other. <laughs> Him and the puck? Yeah. They got the same SAT scores? It's not a, it's, it's not a complicated relationship. Yeah. They both know what they want out of it. Uh, the NFL uh, scouting combine uh, will crank up at the end of this week in Indianapolis. The first on-the-field workout is Friday. In the meantime, the competition committee is meeting, and uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about how they are considering scrapping the going-to-the-ground part of the catch rule. Yeah. Uh, Mark Maskey of the Washington Post also reporting that they are going to consider 15 yards for pass interference. Oh, as a maximum. Instead of, uh, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 yards mm-hmm. down the field. Uh, t- adopting the college targeting rule, a player can be ejected for an egregious hit if it's determined by the referees that it was intentional, which I don't know how the hell they can ad- determine that. Yeah, they, re- they read their diary. <laughs> I mean, I don't like that one in college. I don't like it in the NFL, but they're considering How it. How long is that going to take to review? We're trying to figure out intent here. Yeah. And uh, according to Maskey's Washington Post story, uh, the league also considering strict enforcement of illegal contact. I would be all for this. I, th- I think this is the, the fix that they would really need if they're looking for more offense because that has become, you know, it's supposed to be a five-yard window where defenders can – Bump. Contact receivers, and that mm-hmm. uh, often is not the case. If you just call that, then I think things are going to change. Because then they'll stop doing it, and then things will open up, and then you'll you'll get what you want uh, if what you want is more offense. Uh, college Hoops tonight, uh, Pitt is at Notre Dame, shooting for that 0 for 18, <laughs> perfect ACC season. I oh. think they can do it. Oh, I think they can do it. I got great faith they can do it. Uh, Duquesne is hosting St. Louis, and Robert Morris is at Mount St. Mary's. Pirates and Braves played to a 3-3 tie yesterday in Florida. Crazy the way that game ended. Uh, 
single to left field, and Barry Bonds threw it to the plate, and Sid Bream was coming don't, around. And don't. The umpire couldn't make a call. He just oh, said, you know soon. what, tie game. Too soon. Mike Pursuta. Val's got news top of the hour. What do you got, Val? I'm going to tell you an unbelievable gambling story coming up at the top of the hour. I'm intrigued. (laughs) Clouds and sun, chance of rain, upper 50s today. It's 42. It's the DVE Morning Show. Hey, today is Donnie Iris' 75th birthday. Happy birthday, Donnie. Yeah, Donnie, 75th. This is my favorite Donnie Iris song because it's Donnie being creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that's Creepy Donnie. I mean, if that's, you ever wonder what King Creepy right there. That's King Creepy right there. The Agnes, of course, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I think it's Donnie Iris Day in the city of Pittsburgh. It is today. It's Donnie Iris Day. It's Donnie Iris Day. Tara the <laughs> We used to... When it's Donnie Iris Day. When I was in high school, we, they had these Friday night dances from like 8 to 11. It was just... Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't take a... It wasn't like a date dance. You just go right. with your friends. Open form. Right, yeah. And they always played Love is Like a Rock, and we would make the lyrics really dirty. <laughs> Love is Love. Bleep, my bleep. No, no. Oh. Well, no, we didn't even go that far. Wow, really? Wow, you're really creative. Well, I, oh. Love is like your... <laughs> Jock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie Iris Day. We're giving away tickets every hour after uh, from 10 a.m. after the show today. From 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., we are going to be giving away tickets to Donnie's March 10th show at the Palace Theater. Oh, nice. How about him just doing a residency like Billy Joel? I'm telling he you could. that. He could. He could do it I throughout told the year. At Fear the Beard or Shear the Beard, I said, you need to do, uh, like, even if it's every two months, where you have a gig lined up at the Palace Theater that is the, it's like, it can be like a pilgrimage for Pittsburghers, number one. Number two, you could start to stream those shows, live stream them. So if you can't go to the Donnie Iris show, you could, uh, for five bucks, you buy uh, the video stream Hooked of that live show time. that night. Yeah. Like, how fun would that be? Because <laughs> couch tours idea. are big now, man. A lot of people are sitting on their couches watching their favorite bands traverse around the country. He, the show, the last show that he did was like two weeks ago, and I went to it. And he got a standing ovation after every song. After every song. Every Pretty song. I like that they sit people back down. People on their feet. <laughs> And that, there was a guy in front of me singing every word to every song. That sounds like a Donald Trump kind of brag. <laughs> I got a yeah, standing yeah. ovation after every single song. No, you didn't, Don. Yeah. Donnie. Donald Iris. <laughs> the Donald King Iris. Cool. The Donald Iris. King Cool. Happy birthday. It's Donnie Iris Day. Uh, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us. The NFL uh, Combine is going on right now. And they have to take, like... A sort of mental evaluation of the players. Well, they don't have to, but they do. And here are some of the questions they ask. We should try that practice here. <laughs> you mean for people to work here? Yeah. Yeah. Just to make sure that you're absolutely crazy? <laughs> Maybe, you're under yeah, review. That's... You've been saying some weird stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's people are always like, do you guys drug test? I'm like, yeah, everyone, everyone uh, passes. I'm like, wait, what did you mean? Which way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We test the other way. Um, first question they ask prospective NFL players. Do you find your mother attractive? What? <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. Do, do you That's find your mother attractive? Worded. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I still think, I always think about this, like, uh, the that, you know, that's the Oedipal complex that Freud pitched. I, I just wonder, like, you know, 
How, you have to kind of feel your like if Freud was in psychology school, he's like, hey, I got a great theory. And the psychology professor's like, yeah, what's that? He's like, well, well you know, everyone wants to screw their own mom. And the guy's like, wait, what? Wait, yeah. What are you, what are you talking, talking about? about, dude? I don't know what you're no, talking man. about. <laughs> um, do you like men? I mean, the, do you do you find your mother attractive? I think they're trying to get a guy like to to discern between like, do I think she's hot? I don't know. I guess it's possible to say, yeah, my mom is beautiful, but I don't want <laughs> right. to have sex with her. Just ask her if she's a nice person. Yeah, I feel like you might get Jerry Sandusky on this. Remember when he's like, "Do you find kids attractive?" He's like, "Well, of course, kids are attractive." Um, <laughs> like, you know, don't get too semantical with this. Whatever no, your you gut might. reaction is to your, <laughs> yeah. to your mom being attractive, you should probably just go with You're that. Probably one. right. No, my mom's ugly as hell. <laughs> do Anyways, you, do you like men? I mean, it's another one. Well, yes, there's men that I are, like. The teams are not supposed to ask about sexual orientation. No, I think you're right. It's the gut like reaction of what does this question mean? It can be interpreted differently, but that's the whole point of the wording. Is your mother a prostitute? Who cares? <laughs> Is this the like I'm gonna punch you in the face test? Because I feel like three of these questions. If I was Gronk, I'd be leveling people right now. When did you lo- lose your virginity? Was it to your mom? <laughs> <laughs> How much did you pay her? Um, uh, this is the craziest thing dude, ever. This is what they asked. Didn't they? Didn't didn't it come out that they asked Des Bryant that question? Yes, and she I was that. a prostitute. Uh, <laughs> what is your weapon of choice? A gun or a knife? Oh my god! Not sure if uh, Aaron Hernandez ever got that one. Yeah, really. Like, would have given him some clues. Whatever's around. How specific would you like me to be? Would you rather be a cat or a dog? I just, that's so funny. I just like to think of a dude just sitting there like going, well, on the one uh, hand, (laughs) a dog. I'd like to be a cat. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to go back to the men question. (laughs) Do you like men? Uh, You're on a mountain in Alaska on a bus going 100 miles per hour. Where are you sitting on the bus? I want to ponder that is question this, for a second because this is. Is, a, a, is there an answer? That no, there's not like some. a. Cr- I guess probably. This is all personality. This stuff. says we're going a hundred miles an yeah, hour. So here's what I would take from that: mountain, hundred miles an hour means we're going down. All right. So where do you want to be? I would say I'd want to be on the front of that bus so I could see what's coming. Plus, if you're on the back of the bus, uh, you would go flying forward. If you hit anything at a hundred miles an hour, and then you are a bullet in the chamber of the bus. I want to be in I the have, back. I have a. I agree with the back because there's usually one row that. So you're saying a crash is imminent in this situation. 100 miles an hour okay. going down a mountain. So yeah. then I'd like to be in the very back row next to the toilet, which is usually undesirable because when the bus crashes, everything that's in the toilet is going to go to the front of the bus, and I will be behind it. <laughs> I just want as many rows of human shields as I can get. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> When does the sun rise and where where does the sun rise and where does it set? It's funny because we had, like, growing up, we lived by the lake in Erie, and you could see sunsets from, like, out the end of our backyard. And uh, one of my brother's football player, like, his teammates, was, like, watching a sunset one night, and he said to my dad, he's like, man, Mr. Bauman, that is awesome. Do you see the sun rise there, too? <laughs> my dad's like, No. <laughs> <laughs> You guys go to the same school? He's like, it doesn't go up and down. Is this to ferret out any flat earthers like Kyrie Irving? Where he's just like, the sun doesn't set, it just hides behind China for a little bit. Here's a great question. Would you share your internet (laughs) history with us? No. That's just no across the board. Uh, What color is chocolate? 
So the player, so they got these questions from players after they took the test. (laughs) So the player who told them he got this question said brown. The coach asked, "What color is melted chocolate?" And the player said, "Dark brown." The coach said, "No, don't overthink it." So he said, "Brown." (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to pick you up, but I'm sure that there's some team out. Then this kid's like, "I've spent my whole." Life working out, running fast. You know I can squat 580 pounds, right? I don't know what the color of melted chocolate is. Son, we wanted to take you, but damn it, you just didn't do good on the melted chocolate test. (laughs) Is this to a... Like, are there right answers? Coach said, what color is butter? Guy said, yellow. Then he said, what color is melted butter? Guy said, yellow. Finally, what color is snow? White. What color is melted snow? (laughs) White. (laughs) Coach goes, no, melted snow is clear. So what does that make snow? And the player said... Clear and the coach and the <laughs> oh coach said, God. "Yep." I. This seems like it's like an Elmer Fudd Bugs Bunny routine. Yeah, that, it really that's does. Going on. Boxes or briefs. There's another question. How does this determine your psychological fitness? Uh, the Browns once asked a player, "How many ways could you use a brick in a minute?" Oh my God! <laughs> they are like. How many incompletions could you throw with a brick? Val. You're our first round draft choice. <laughs> Val, I think sometimes they throw in the boxer briefs questions to keep people like not on the defensive. Like if you get three questions about your sexual relationship with your mother, you're going to start raising your eyebrows and they're like, but boxers are briefs. And you're like, oh, okay, this is normal. How fast can I get them off to have sex with my <laughs> yeah, mother? Yeah, yeah. Cake or pie? What kind of fish are you? Do you think you? your dad is hot? <laughs> <laughs> they ask, though, what kind of fish are you? A Miami Dolphin, sir. <laughs> They're just basically trying to see what your body language is, how you deal with confusion on the fly. You know someone said, I'm a whale, man. And they're like, that's a mammal. You're a mammal. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you guys, have you had to take is personality your tests here? <laughs> nope. Like oh in, in most workplaces, Every that's day. a big thing that you have to do is that you have to take these like personality tests. So they give you, it's not quite to that level, but they basically try to see like what your style is mm-hmm. so that you can work better in a team environment. But all it does is it ends up ferreting out who's jerks because jerks have a like a specific personality profile where they're very directive. So you just know after you take these tests, you're like, oh yeah, I always had my suspicions that guy was an a-hole and he is clinically an a-hole. We Whenever- should find one and take it on the air. Yeah, we should. Whenever I was uh, I was out in LA, I had like so many different jobs. But one of the jobs I had to do was I was cold calling for this focus group. I would try to get people into different focus groups, and we always had different clients. You know, it'd be like pet food or the the Los Angeles Dodgers or so, you know some client that wanted to basically get people together. And we had this questionnaire sheet, and we were trying to get them all the way through the questionnaire. And if they answered a certain way underneath, it said they're not going to be good for this. No study. good. So at the end, there was always personality questions. And if somebody got eliminated, like right near the end, I'd just be like, I'm asking them these anyways, just because I want to have some fun. And then I'd just (laughs) ask them ridiculous stuff. And I'd just be like, hey, if you were shampoo, what would you want hair to know about you? (laughs) And these people would ramble on forever. I'd be like, if you were a raincoat, how many pockets would you have? I think like five. I'm like, I'm sorry. We can't. You're not going to be good for this focus group. And I I thought I made them think they got eliminated based on those questions. (laughs) We need someone who's a little more confident in the relationship with their hair. (laughs) Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday. 
hanging with us this morning. What do you got coming up? Uh, March 9th, I'm going to be out at level 20 with uh, Mike Travers for a little fundraiser. So that'll be oh, a good yeah, time. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that, too. You're doing that, too? Yeah. Looking forward to it. Good deal. All right. Val's got news next. What are you talking about? I'm going to tell you an unbelievable gambling story coming up that will make you probably want to gamble. Borky talks about last night's game. 845, he'll be joining us to talk about uh, the first game with Derek Broussard and what becomes of the Pens without Matt Murray for the not-so-distant uh, future. Uh, Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour as well, and it's Donny Iris Day, damn it. 42 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. I'm Val Porter. A tentative agreement has been reached between Pittsburgh's public school teachers and the district. While the teachers' union still needs to vote on the deal, officials say there will be no work stoppage on Friday. A strike would have impacted more than 25,000 students and their families who attend the district's 54 schools. Senior White House advisor and President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is losing access to top-secret materials. Kushner has been working with an interim security clearance for more than a year. Among the classified information he'll no longer be able to see is the president's daily brief, a number of other White House officials have also had their security clearances downgraded. Those decisions were made after a review by Chief of Staff John Kelly. Now Trump just has to tell him in pig Latin. Did a gid, you to goo, get a get, did a gee, He's going to have a hard time solving the, you know, the Middle East crisis as he is tasked with without having any access to top secret material or. Uh, solving the opioid crisis or the other 10 things that he's put him in charge of. Does anybody believe for a second that he's not going to just show him everything anyways? And what's the normal time period for a clearance? Because there's a lot of people, they said, in the White House that don't have the, that, that just have interim. Nothing even comes close to what is occurring right now. Not There is no precedent for it. It's not, it has never happened. Never before has this gone on this long with this many people, this many posts that haven't even been filled? There's just, it is straight chaos going from, on right from now. From what I've heard, the, the reason that, like, so it can get tied up for, you know, extended periods of time, but it's taken so long because anybody that has business interests or business ties in, like, internationally, like, in multiple different... The, there's so many different things they have to call and check up on. Like somebody was saying that uh, this guy who had a, a security clearance, he was saying that he did like mercenary work in Venezuela and they went to the, the village that he worked in to ask people about him in his security clearance application, like, like during that time period before he got his clearance. So basically... They could be employing the bodyguard from the Tanya Harding movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But he was selling visas for $500,000 investments in his company. That seems illegal. It is. <laughs> I mean. But you don't go to jail when you're really son-in-law. That really seems illegal. That's why, you know, it's a bad idea to have relatives in charge of stuff. The nation's top pediatricians group says all teenagers should be screened for depression. The new guidelines out this week from the American Academy of Pediatricians comes as most pediatric and family medicine clinics report a quarter or more of teenage patients are suffering from depression. The Academy recommends screenings begin at age 12 when kids are in middle school. The screenings will involve children filling out a questionnaire because experts say teenagers are more likely to answer honestly filling out a questionnaire than actually speaking to a doctor this is a a tricky thing 
because I don't know how it's distinguishable from normal teenage malaise and angst and yeah. Right. And Raging actual hormones. something that's pathological mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. I mean, and I guess that's why they're saying it needs to be addressed. But I also feel like there's a there's a difference between sort of that that low level feeling like an outcast in an actual depression, which well, yeah. I'm guessing that they would be able to 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 distinguish between. Oh yeah, because those, that's where you know Steve yeah, Martin did th- this great. Essay one time, um, artists on on uh, Prozac or something like that, and it was like how all of the art throughout time would have changed if these people were medicated from a young age, and how like you know mm-hmm. none of the Picasso stuff would have happened or Van Gogh or any of these great works of art. They because would all you just numb be yourself. Yeah, to that they pain. would all be these like smiley faces and and whatever. Now I'm not endorsing pain. It's just interesting uh, way to look at it. How do you tell which one is really going to be? something that needs medical attention immediately. And a lot of what we've learned recently in gut health, like a lot of this stuff comes from diet. I mean, these kids are ingesting nothing but sugar all day, so their bodies are just crashing uh, along with their hormones completely and totally out of whack. Their their adrenal glands are just flooded. Do you know how much caffeine is in like a five-hour energy drink? Way too much. And people like, so I, I looked Everyone's it up worried last about drink, eating Tide Pods. That's like drinking bleach. So, but those kids, so that's essentially like one of those energy drinks that those guys pound all the time. And it's two and a half, two and a half cups of coffee for one of those two ounce bottles. <sighs> so extrapolate that into whatever energy drink that everyone's drinking. They, so it's full of sugar. They're, they're, they're hopped, hyped up, hopped up. And it is not a good way to go through life. And it is so no. weird. Like, they have really learned that gut health plays such a role in your predilection for depression. Like, not predilection, but your, you know, whether you have a, uh, the propensity to become depressed one day. Bad gut. Got to have the right. Eat lots of yogurt. Eat lots of vegetables. In England, professional player poker player Jake Cody worked his way through a high roller tournament and walked away with about sixty grand in prize money. But instead of taking that money to the bank or investing it in stocks and bonds or just walking away and holding on to it, he went right to the roulette wheel, put the whole sixty thousand dollar jackpot on black. He won. The ball fell on Black 22. Not surprisingly, a big crowd had gathered and uh, cheered him on. He was smart and stopped there and left the casino oh. with 120 grand. I had nice. a buddy one time. We were staying at the Rio for a bachelor party, and there's roulette tables right next to the elevator, or there was back then. And he stopped, and he was like, had a good night, and he puts a grand on Black loses puts another one down wins puts another one down wins and i'm like this is insanity i'm, I'm out of here i'm not gonna watch you do this i found out like a couple weeks later he stayed in that chair for like a day and a half good lord like just didn't really? leave yeah and everyone's like uh did you hear what happened here apparently it kicked in some sort of you know Oh, I'm a gambling addict. (laughs) (laughs) And he just stayed there for a day and a half. (laughs) I've you know, my like my younger brother's a really, you know, proficient blackjack player. He loves just sitting there for uh, 24 hours or whatever. He'll do it. You know, stay as long as he can stay awake. He'll sit at a table, which always sort of amazes me. But 
I couldn't do anything. When you're doing no. those big Four dollars like that breathe. and that that pressure and it never stops. The thing is you got to be you got to have the money to lose. Oh yeah, but sometimes well, they don't. Sometimes people don't. Yeah, that's the problem with the gambling addiction. That, but. I, I told you about how me and uh, Gareth were down performing with Steve at the Hard Rock and like forget where Tampa or somewhere. Down, there's a Hard Rock in Tampa and one in Lauderdale. Yeah, and we were at one of those, and we were completely hammered. My buddy is a gambler. Me and Gareth, obviously not gamblers. No. Sat down at a table. My buddy basically told us what to do at a blackjack table. He directed everybody what to do. I won like $800. It's so fun. Gareth won like 1200 and we were just laughing the entire time. Oh, yeah. Like, I had no idea what to do in certain situations, and he was, the whole table was just banking. Yeah, it's fun when you're with people who, you know, <clears throat> can uh, help you not screw up. <laughs> but if you get a table full of your friends playing blackjack and everybody's, you know, doing what you're supposed to do, there is nothing more fun. Or not what you're supposed to do. Like, if you all have no idea what you're doing and you have the whole table. Well, then you're not screwing anybody else exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. That's why I've I won't play. I've had people get up and leave the table that oh, I was playing at. Me too. Uh, sometimes your crimes are written all over your face. A Pennsylvania man is under arrest for allegedly stealing meatballs. The Wilkes-Barre Times leader says police arrested 48-year-old Layman Potter on Monday. They say he was stealing meatballs from a garage in Hazel Township. <laughs> Criminal complaints as a man called state police to report a pot of meatballs missing from his garage. He said he found Potter at his front door with red sauce in his goatee. <laughs> uh. State police said the sauce on his face linked him to the meatball theft. Anybody else uh, use their garage as a refrigerator? <laughs> when I was growing up, our garage was the other fr- refrigerator in the wintertime. I wonder if that guy's going to get called up to the bigs. He's just a meatball theft in Wilkes-Barre right now. <laughs> baby meatballs. He's the baby meatball thief. He's like, I'm ready. Ill Pitts, give me a call. No, we used to always put stuff out in the fridge or out in the garage. Yeah, we in the wintertime, we leave like bottled water or whatever out there because at first i'm like why does the dude got his meatballs in the garage and then i thought about it like oh well we definitely had like pounds of ox roast or you know in a freezer yeah i was like well no, we never did that and then i thought to myself well no, we didn't have a garage that was probably the main reason why we never did that <laughs> you guys you just have, leave it out on the street mm-hmm. if you have a big family you probably have to we had like, gallons of milk second, out there yeah yeah uh, actor Adam Scott will be returning for the second season of Big Little Lies. HBO announced yesterday Scott will reprise his role as Reese Witherspoon's on-screen husband, Ed McKenzie, for the show's next installment. Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, and Laura Dern all confirmed to be coming back, and uh, Meryl Streep going to be involved in uh, season two, which is Whoa. set to air next year. I never saw the first season. I heard it was you got to watch tremendous. It. It's really good. Yeah, you loved it. Yep. Yeah. Led Zeppelin said to offer, oh, Ozark too. I think the second season. I keep waiting to start that. All you have to do is watch one episode. It goes, it goes right all the way up to the tenth floor and keeps (laughs) you there. Joe's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Godless. You love Godless. It's it's only eight episodes. It's a limited run. Eight episodes. That it's it. It's really easy to get through. And Westworld. Is it a good Stop thing? Stop watching Black Mirror. I already yes. watched it all. Can, oh. We need to do like a Black Mirror intervention with yes. Randy. First of all, you guys are depriving yourself because that show is brilliant. It is very, very don't smart. Need the and, anxiety. No. It, it's not eminent. None of the stuff is going to happen. How you just, do you, you know? keep saying all this stuff could happen. Not like in the next couple of years. <laughs> okay. In our lifetime, though, maybe. Yeah, probably. But, you know, like it. we'll be so old we don't care. 
I don't think it's good for you. No, because then they'll. Oh, clone it's us. good for me. Yeah, Black how, Mirror. Why is it good I, for I you? I agree with you, Bill. It, how is it? Ch- how am I, I any less? Uh, what am I more paranoid? <laughs> I, I was already at capacity on all the things that that would lead me to. So there's no pushing me over the edge. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're over capacity now. You're, you're a fire hazard. At, you're no, bulging at the seams. I don't think so. No, <laughs> Facebook is the one that needs to be just exploded. That that's gone. Black Mirror is fine. We have to start over. I think. I, yes. I wish we could just have like a because people are leaving Facebook in singles we need to just start like huge groups is there like, a nice book no there's no like happy type of facebook no because if you watch black mirror you'll oh know human oh, nature here, see here it is <laughs> uh, you ding the bell every time you say mm-hmm. black mirror i just want you to watch it that's it i'll watch godless if you watch one episode there are some happy fun episodes of black mirror okay you find the happy fun episode <laughs> do you think it's bad that we immediately get excited about the prospect of binging a show is this a bad thing for us to take in our in- entertainment this way now or is it just yeah, like yeah, super cool yeah. and fun and you know it is what it is because now you'll sit for three hours and you know it used to be a joke like there's a couple commercials i think that talk that addressed it maybe there was a doritos commercial or something about a, a couple just staying in all weekend and they keep putting off what they're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing they're like let's just watch one more episode mm-hmm. just one more episode i mean everybody has had that conversation with their significant other what do you think one more right One more yeah. just yeah. one more do, we gotta do one no, more. No, no no we'll go to bed after one more yeah. i know we're supposed to get up but one more we're binging parks and rec right now which a lot of people are doing yeah See, my, my problem isn't that the, the binging thing. My problem is that there's too many different shows. Yeah, that's... There's just too much. Yeah. Like, I want you guys to watch Game of Thrones, but that ship has sailed. There's no way you're ever going to get yeah, down to How many I'm, seasons is that? Like eight or something? Yeah, it's on eight. Excellent. I'm watching it, man. For sure. It's happening. I'm looking forward to it. But the other fun phenomenon of this like new streaming culture and binging is that like when you'll pass by a show for months and months and months, you're like, eh, eh. And then somehow someone's like, no, you should watch it. It's actually good. And you're like, really? And then you give it a chance. You're like, oh, my God, I love this. And you think of all the lost opportunities of when you've like passed it by, looking at it scornfully, like, that looks dumb. I'm sorry, I disrespected you. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that about Godless. I'm like, eh, maybe I'll watch it. And Who's then- in that? Um, Jeff Daniels, he's love him. Uh, Sam Waterston or Waterston, yeah. what's his name from Law LA That's Law? Him. That guy. Uh, they're probably the only people that you would know. Not but it's. Look- I thought, eh, eh, might might be okay. And then Billy watched it, and he was like, "It's so good." And I watched one episode. I thought, "This is so good." I Gardell has to watch a lot of this stuff because you know, being in the industry, it's you have to kind of be up on everything, right? But I am amazed at how much he has actually watched. Now that he's not doing the full-time Mike and Molly schedule and he's doing... He's seen everything. He's pinch-hitting all over the place because he can just sit in his... You know, he's only got to do two scenes or three Mm -hmm. scenes. So he's watching all this stuff on his iPad. Or if he's on the road. Yeah. So he's like, you check out The Handmaid's Tale? I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's another one I'm not going to get to. Is that Hulu or No, that's Netflix. Is it? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's Hulu. 
Uh, Led Zeppelin is set to offer its first ever record store day release, a limited edition seven-inch single produced by Jimmy Page featuring unreleased versions of rock and roll. And Friends will be available exclusively at independent music retailers April 21st. As an added special bonus, the single will be pressed on yellow vinyl. Uh, Additionally, a newly remastered version of the band's classic live album, How the West Was Won, will be released in multiple formats on March 23rd. Boy, it's so unlike Led Zeppelin to go back into their history <laughs> and rework something that we already know and present it to us as new uh, new entertainment. That's, uh, that's unlike Jimmy Page. Forecast today, clouds and sun, slight chance of rain, uh, near 60 for the high, rain in mid-40s overnight tonight. It's 42 at DVE. Seriously, if Jimmy Page was Picasso, he would just spend the last 30 years of his life painting all the stuff he did in the first 30 of his career. It drives me crazy. Make some new music, Fumble Fingers. We miss you. We're crying out loud. And then, uh, did you see Plant made that comment? And he's like, I could do rock music if I wanted to. And I was like, why don't you? He's like, yeah, I like ah. what I'm doing. I like freaking people out a little bit. Speaking of record stores, record my store day. Tonight, Get Hip Records. Legendary uh, New York rockers, the Fleshtones. They're going to be at Get Hip Records tonight. Performing live. With the Knox boys. So go check that out if you want to on the north side. All right. Pens were at it last night against the Devils. And unfortunately, Derek Broussard's first night as a Penguin didn't end well. And the news that Matt Murray is dealing with a concussion puts the uh, Penguins in a little bit of a hmm ah, situation. Mike's got your sports when we return on Donnie Iris Day TV. Sports. Mike Rasuda with your sports right now on the DVE morning show. Uh, show the premiere of Derek Broussard. As a penguin last night, might have been somewhat overshadowed by the fact that the news of Matt Murray's concussion had been announced and uh, a little bit of a, oh boy, I hope this isn't that bad. Yeah, there was that, and there was also uh, the latest example in Mike Sullivan's estimation of what you can and cannot do to be successful in the National Hockey League. It was 3-2 New Jersey last night. The Penguins had Broussard for the first time, as you mentioned, Randall, and the Penguins got a look at the Devils for the first time with Michael Grabner, who looked uh, very Michael Grabner-like in terms of uh, the speed and persistence with which he played. Uh, the Devils are playing a faster game these days, but at the heart of their game, they're playing with the same structure that they've always played. Their number one goal is still to turn you over and go from there. And last night, the Penguins fell into New Jersey's metaphorical trap. Here's Sullivan. I don't think we played as tight a game as we need to play. You know, I, I thought we tried. Uh, I think I thought there were moments in the game where we were trying to outscore them instead of just trying to outplay them, and uh, and that's a lesson I think that we have to we have to learn from from this game tonight. Is is we 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 can't we, we've got to be a team that's harder to play against where we cut down the number of opportunities and the quality of the opportunities that we give up. Yeah, Captain Sidney Crosby concurred with his coach regarding what the Devils were doing and what the Penguins were not doing in response. You know, they're going to pressure the puck, and we've got to make good plays under pressure. But, um, yeah, just one of those games, you know, it was going to come down to turnovers, and both teams were trying to play pretty much the same game. So um, they did it better tonight. Yeah, it seems like it's been the, the biggest issue confronting the Penguins ever since they became a collection of world-class players, and it goes back a long, long ways. 
Do you get your offense from playing sound defense and transition? Do you create offense off the forecheck, both of which are very safe ways to go about it and doesn't give the opportunity for the opponent to do much but doesn't work? Or do you say, I'm a world-class player, I'm going to make a play here, even though it's a low-percentage play? And sometimes you're going to make that play, but invariably you're not. And just another reminder for the Penguins, who have gotten way better at this under Sullivan, as evidenced by their consecutive Stanley Cups, that they can conform to what is required under the circumstances, and they can play a relatively safe and yet at the same time dangerous game for their opposition. But it's a fine line. And I just thought last night they were kind of reverting back to, hey, I can I can do this. I, I, I don't have much room here, but I can still make the player. I'm going to take a chance here because I can get away with it. And then you turn the puck over, and then here they come. And uh, particularly in the second period, boy, New Jersey really kind of took the game over. It was 2-2 after 2, but New Jersey got outshot Pittsburgh 16-7, and it kind of felt like a devil's game at that point. At least that's what I saw. So hopefully uh, lesson learned for the Penguins. Uh, You're going to hear Sullivan talk uh, about what he just talked about a lot the rest of the way because that is ultimately going to decide whether they succeed or fail. This is the fifth time Matt Murray's missed time for an injury in what's what amounts to three years, basically. Right? Or yeah. is it two years? No, he was a rookie when they... He was a rookie the last two years. He didn't play enough his first year to, <laughs> to surpass the rookie quota. Right, that's what I mean. So didn't he play a half year, then a year, and now another half year? Yeah. So like two full years, he's missed five times. Uh, he's been out due to injury, and I think it's his third concussion. It's at least his second that I can recall because the one in uh, Philly was a concussion, right? That, yep. That led to Zadkoff mm-hmm. on that first couple. He runs. missed time because of a lower body injury earlier this year. but Lower body. Uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, he's going to get hit in the head with the puck again. I mean, he, he'll effort not to. Well, but it, it's going to happen if you're a goalie. It's, uh, it's hard to avoid that, so... Stay tuned. Uh, they got to play better in front of DeSmith as well. Like when they when he's in there, they just he just can't do as many things as Matt Murray can do. I mean, he's a great he's a great goalie. He's, he's he made some stops last night. I thought they were tremendous. A couple spectacular saves last yeah, night. Yeah, I would agree with you, Bill, on both of those points. Uh, he he did give them every opportunity to win, but you got to be. Uh, it's even more reason to play with discipline and structure and tight, as Sullivan described it. Uh, you can't hang them out to dry giving up odd man rushes all night. No. And, uh, you know, who's going to get frustrated and try to force the issue first? That's what these games sometimes come down to. And even though the Devils are playing faster and they're playing more aggressive, they're still playing to the heart of their philosophy, which is we're going to confound you and you're going to screw up and then we're going we're gonna to pounce. Uh, it was the uh, debut of Derek Broussard, as you mentioned. Bill Sidney Crosby called him Brasser. I, I know you were probably worried Brasser. about Brasser. Yeah, what's the what's the nickname? Thought it would, might be Sardzy. You were searching for one for Hunwick, right? Yeah. Honey, Hunzy, Wicker. Probably better off if you just didn't have to worry about it. But Wixie. That boat has sailed with Ian Cole. <laughs> uh, Broussard was uh, in a Penguins uniform for the first time. He was in number 19. He's got his nickname, and he's got uh, an idea of how He'll need to play with his new team, but uh, he maintained afterward that he and his new teammates can do better than they did last night. 
had those uh, butterflies in the first. Uh, I was kind of nervous a little bit, which is part of the, you know, the excitement of being here. Um, but yeah, after a couple of shifts, I was I was in the game, and uh, it's going to take me a couple couple games to get a, a feel for for my line mates, a uh, feel for uh, the way we play. Um, I, I thought we had uh, a, a good game until uh, some parts in the second period. We didn't we didn't play hard enough. We didn't put pucks on that. But uh, you know we have to do a better job next game. Pens uh, are now third in the Metropolitan Division. The Caps beat Ottawa last night three to two. So it's Washington with seventy nine points. Philly was 78, Pittsburgh was 76, and the Devils with 74. Pens are at Boston on Thursday. They host the Islanders at 5 o'clock on Saturday. That's the first time in the new year that the Pens have lost two in a row. Here it wow. is, last day in February. Hadn't, hadn't lost two in a row since December the 29th at Carolina and December the 31st at Detroit. Pirates... Uh, Played to a 3-3 tie with the Braves yesterday, but that wasn't uh, the biggest news Mm-mm. coming out of spring training. Uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association has filed a grievance against the Miami Marlins, Oakland A's, Pittsburgh Pirates, and Tampa Bay Rays, accusing those four teams of failing to appropriately spend mm-hmm. revenue-sharing Monday. Money, excuse me. If the case is uh, not settled between the two sides, it would ultimately proceed to a hearing before an independent arbitrator. Uh, Major League uh, Baseball says the complaint has, quote, no merit. And Pirates President Frank Cooley was the only uh, member from one of the four teams to respond. Uh, The Pirates issued a statement yesterday in which Cooley said, among other things, that the uh, charge is, quote, patently baseless. We look forward to demonstrating as much to the arbitrator if the MLBPA continues to pursue this meritless claim. It is regrettable that the MLBPA would react to a free agent market that is apparently not to its liking by filing a frivolous frivolous grievance against a club that has continued to invest heavily. Heavily? Heavily in all areas of its baseball operations, notwithstanding steadily diminishing revenue-sharing receipts. There's a few ways of looking at this. The way I look at it is not that, wow, he's the only one that was forthright enough to come out. And I think he's just, they're so used to defending this. They're good at it. They're really good at it. Yeah, the the labor agreement maintains that every club has to use revenue sharing money, quote, in an effort to improve its performance on the field. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but to me, that is so open-ended. Don't forget, Kevin McClatchy voted for this. This is what he wanted. At a time when he could have stood up for this city and this franchise and said, no, I don't want the Yankees television money. I don't want a cut of that. I want fairness in in our sport. He said, no, no, I want the money. Yeah, no, no, bring the money. That's what we want. So Bob Nutting is capitalizing on uh, the system the way that it's set up now. And uh, that makes him a smart businessman and a terrible per- like person for if you're a pirate fan. And if they throw a few dollars at a baseball academy in Latin America or a scout or some aspect of the operation that's not going out and getting a player, can you argue that that is not trying to improve the on-field product? Right. They could have done so many things to ensure that they have to quantify the actual reinvestment that, you know, they just... 
Improve they, they, performance. They did not on the care field. to do that. So open. They did not care to do that. They don't even make them tell you how much money they earn. They don't even. You know, there's nothing that makes them have to reveal the books. So there's no percentage of revenue reinvested. No, you know, none of that. You don't. You can't see any of it. So you're taking them at their word. And when <laughs> all of these ex players are telling you these guys are doing it wrong, well, maybe it's starting yeah. to stink, huh? I mean, well, I mean, they have a little axe to grind too. Some of these guys are not that good and you know if teams are being a little more fiscally responsible not throwing a bunch of money at Gerald Saltalamacchia cuz they think <laughs> he can't play anymore yeah maybe they got a reason but yeah i think there's a pretty good track record based on the pirates payroll and uh the- we're doing it all over again we're starting over with a lovable young group of scrappers who are going to put together uh maybe we can do it and like i just I think Sign I can. Jake Arrieta. You know, I use Jake Arrieta. I don't know if he can pitch anymore like he used to, but find one guy and sign him, one free agent, and then there's much less of an argument. My right? pursuit of wit, your sports. Later on this morning, we'll be talking with Phil Bork, 845. He'll be live in studio. Mark Madden also. It's Donnie Iris Day today, giving away tickets every hour. It's his 75th birthday. Happy birthday, Donnie. Happy birthday, Donnie. And uh, from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. every hour, we're giving away a pair of tickets to Donnie's upcoming March 10th show at the Greensburg Palace Theater. I liked your uh, residency shows idea. Yeah, I don't know why. He, he, I told him to do, like, when I saw him out at the Fear the Beard, like, he should do that. Cheer the Beard. I think people would come. Even if you do it every two months. Yeah. Just every two months, Donnie at the Palace Theater. Those are... Bring some uh, guests if you're of a Everybody mind. who went to those first two shows mm-hmm. told me that the tailgating... Oh, my God. There were people tailgating in the <laughs> parking it. garage across from the Palace Theater. That that, that was it as was amazing. impressive as the show was. <laughs> the vibe before, I went to the first one, and the vibe beforehand was phenomenal. Keep it going, Donnie. No reason to stop now. He could use the money that he raised from the residency to build a skywalk from the Palace <laughs> to Jurgle's cigar room. Yeah, I mean, provided Donnie reinvests some of the money. Into the Greensburg operation. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Keep it. You're 75. Um, Val has news coming on top of the hour. Uh, we're going to talk about one woman's frustration with her water company and how she made herself feel better. Also, a guy has uh, boldly gone where no man has gone before and is trying to pave a way for medical science. Is it here? Is the the solution for the not-so-well-endowed... At hand. Wait till you hear this story. At hand. Well, maybe two hands by the time you're done with it. (laughs) It is the DVE morning show. You know, in this day and age, people are becoming motivated more and more by different mediums. Used to be you'd read a book and get you fired up. A lot of times... Uh, now it's, uh, or there'd be a TV show. There'd be like the late night thing, like that guy with the weird mullet who did that, uh, strange cross trainer elliptical thing. He looked like he was the gazelle. Yeah. The real dandy looking fella with the, uh, with the coach shorts. Name? Yeah. He had a ponytail. Yeah. It was a real awkward look at any rate. Now Tony something technology, the world of podcasts and medical science have converged that there are these sort of uh, like gurus and people who are well-respected who have a ton of influence in the medical science community. I mean, who was the guy that you were talking about that was on the Rogan podcast that was a real inspirational tale? 
David Goggins? Yes. He's a Navy SEAL. Okay. Ultra runner. So guys like that are becoming really uh, inspirational. Sure. Ben Greenfield is a cult figure among fitness fanatics. A guru of sorts. Yeah, I'd never heard of him. He's got 50,000 Twitter followers, 60,000 Facebook fans, 30,000 YouTube subscribers. And he is a guinea pig. He tries things in the name of science that he thinks is going to improve his performance in some way. Athletic, personal, what have you. He's hoping to be better at life. Tim which, Ferriss does this a lot. The guy who wrote The 4-Hour Body and The 4-Hour Chef. He, that he was the guy I was trying to think of. experiments yeah. on himself a, a ton. I want to take care of my body in the best way possible, Greenfield said, during a webinar. You ever uh, sat in on a webinar? I haven't. I just don't like the name, so it's not happening. No. Part of it, he says, means having fun with using what science has given us to make the body better. What would you say, Val, is the number one wish for men if they could change something about their body? Have a bigger penis. Bingo. How'd you know? <laughs> Even people with you big know, units, adequate penises are looking, they want a shack model. Anybody could do two more inches. That's why those emails were so effective. Mm-hmm. You want two more inches? Well, you got but, my attention. You know, I've said this before. <laughs> you could drive an ocean liner, or you could have an ocean liner and not know how to use it, or you could have a dinghy and really be able to operate that like a champ. Yeah, but nobody wants a dinghy. You should stop positing this because everyone's going to think you're talking about your husband. Right? <laughs> You, you can't do that to him. I'm just saying that, you know, you, guys, you, you have I'm to, not doing you it You can't to, give this no, argument. It has nothing to do with my husband. Right, okay. Absolutely nothing. I'm just saying guys are so worried about the size of their... <laughs> what if you have a... Sure. I don't know. What's a big car? Uh, a Hummer. Okay, what if you have a Hummer? <laughs> <laughs> and you are a horrible driver. Yeah, you're just banging it into the shopping cart right. thing. At the, you can't pull into the parking spot. Great. Yeah. All right. Metaphor extended. I understand what you're trying to say. All right. So this guy has taken it one step further. He has now subjected himself to platelet rich plasma injections, PRP. I've been telling you guys that's like the new thing. You're all over it. Yeah. Yeah. Stem cell injections. What's stopping people from having to have surgery? PRP injection. That's that's a big deal. What is that again? Stuff. Uh, PRP, platelet-rich plasma injections, is when they take your own blood out, put it in a centrifuge, pull out the plasma, and then inject it back into the site that needs repaired. So if you have a muscle tear or something like that or a tendon tear, they can do that, and it'll 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 speed up the healing process and, and help facilitate it. Stem cell injections are the next step up. This guy decided, hey, why don't I just inject my penis with stem cells? And see what happens. I don't know. Is that a DIY project? I don't know, but this guy took it upon himself to do it. He went to U.S. Stem Cell, which is a clinic in Florida, but uh, they're kind of shady. A little bit shady. They've been written up by the FDA for doing things, you know, outside of the bounds of their jurisdiction. Unethical. Unethical. uh, Yeah. Like injecting dongs with stem cells? Right. They they put patients at at risk. I wanted to go from good to great. And get a bigger one. I'm not going to lie. That's why guys without erectile dysfunction would do this. So he, he, uh, 
he had it done. He said the actual shot. Does it go right in your ween? Yeah. Oh, wow. they said, but it doesn't. He said, you don't feel a thing except pressure. I don't know because if it's just cartilage or, or what that's all Maybe about. Maybe they numb it. He's brave. He's like uh, doing an expedition here. He's like Lewis and Chode. Early, st- early, st- <laughs> early stage studies have shown that they have uh, been effective in treating erectile dysfunction in men, these shots. So he's going, hey, let's see if we can... Let's see if we can uh, build a better mousetrap here. <laughs> so he gets him injected, and he here's his conclusion. First of all, you should not do this, number one. Never. Never. But there may be some good news here. Frankenstem. Who should be the person to judge? How about his wife? After he had the procedure done, her take on it is something's way different. Like At, pet cemetery penis. Number one, aesthetically, <laughs> I, I guess it looks better. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's like those chicken breasts they put it's the gorgeous. chicken <laughs> right. broth into. The penis is gorgeous, Bill. She's uh, she's raving about it. Um, but yeah, I he think that's what tanning. it is. It's like the it's like the plumped up chicken breasts. Where you're like, no chicken was this big, really. Why are you so swollen? But it had uh, it it improved it improved his uh, uh, his sex drive, uh, the uh, his performance, the overall pleasure. Uh, yeah, she's satisfaction. She's she said it's, she's into it. Yeah, it's like a brand new one, she said. It's not the same. This is not your father's penis. It's a brand new one. Yeah. But they have not figured this out yet. Like, you should not go to do this. It appears to be, for some people, this is a promising step. What's the name of that clinic again? I just want to just write it down <laughs> just so I know. U.S. Cell in Florida. But this is like the question I always... Oh, Tony Little was the name of the guy, by the way. Tony, Tony Very Little? Little? Tony very little. He might be. He might want to become Tony a lot. His gazelle <laughs> glider. Yeah, is this the same guy? No, different. That oh. was. I was just alluding back to the thing I was saying earlier. But um, th- this is uh, hopeful for some people, I-, I suppose. But I always ask bald guys if they come up with a cure for baldness right now, would you do it? Of course. A lot of them say no. Really? They're like, dude, I'm already. This yeah. is. This is it. Yeah. This is me. Why? But if you want to do that to your wiener, aren't you afraid it might go wrong? I don't want to do it to my wiener. I'm just yeah. Like, you yeah, guess. you have to be. So what? why would you risk it? What if it doesn't work at all then? What if it hits a nerve and, and it you just lose goes all feeling. flaccid for the rest of your life? Yeah. What if the guy sneezes while he's injecting right. it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It is just skewered. Well, so look. Well, your testicles are going to grow. That's a big. Uh, this is a somewhat of a uh, a big scientific discovery, I suppose. But stem cell injections are going to have far oh more God. important, yeah, ramifications thinking, than actually improving the size of men's. But you know, that's where the money will be. I was of thinking course. of it more to treat diseases. Yes, like me I too. remember Michael J. Fox arguing that he wanted to use stem cell research to help with people people with parkinson's yeah and they uh yesterday announced that researchers had figured out how to uh stop the progression of alzheimer's in mice so that's big news huge right the penis thing's probably way down on the list yeah, of importance, so far down which is why this guy took it upon himself to go and do it Science you can i guess he's got a whole uh 
YouTube weblog wow, about this. You can go check yeah, it out. Does he have a before and after pic like those people Dude, who post that. about those diets that they go on? I don't know. But at any rate, Ben Greenfield is his name if you want to go look that up. But he's saying that this is going to be the next big thing. So, I mean, look, we've heard of things like this before where we're like, there's no way this is going to catch on. And then next thing you know, people are Botoxing their scrotums. <sighs> That's going to happen. It is happening. It's already happening? It's a thing. Scrotox. <laughs> are you making that up? No. <laughs> there's a dude on Barstool who's like... How ridiculous. Talks about how he gets it done all the time. Scrotox? Yeah. What's oh the reasoning God. for that? Just vanity? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there can't be any other reason. And it's weird to be vain about that vein. Like, yeah. you... Those, <laughs> that is really like putting lipstick on a pig. <laughs> you can't. You can't doll those up. No. Just, no. By definite, it's just... Mm-mm. Yeah. If there what was a way to put on like people? a sweater or something, I don't know. Like a, They probably have like those. Like a koozie? Yeah. <laughs> A satchel. Yeah. What do you got next? A Bob? nugget koozie. I don't know. There you go. Uh, like those things you put on teapots. <laughs> exactly. Teapots. You, you like knit them. A little, uh, yeah, a little doily. What do you got? Like a snuggie. Uh, Charlie Watts said he'd be okay if the Stones broke up. We'll talk about that coming. He's up. He's been saying that since like 1968. Uh, <laughs> Phil Bork, 8:45 talks pens. They debuted with Broussard last night, and uh, Murray is out. With a concussion right now, Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour. Happy birthday, Donnie. 75th birthday, Donnie Iris. We're giving away a pair of tickets to his Saturday, March 10th show at the Palace Theater in Greensburg every hour from 10 to 6 p.m. today on DVE. 43 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. One of the country's biggest sporting goods chains, Dick's Sporting Goods, no longer selling what it calls assault-style rifles. The retailer says it is also ending sales of high-capacity magazines and will no longer sell any type of gun to anyone under the age of 21. The CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods, Edward Stack, tells ABC's Good Morning America the company is responsible to the February school shooting in Parkland, Florida that killed 17 people. Students there returning to classes today. That is huge. The yeah, one quote, huge. we heard these kids and their cry of enough is enough and it really got to us. That is something. That, that was mm, the CEO said that? That is something to behold. The FBI is investigating after a letter with an unknown substance sent to a military base near Washington made 11 people sick, including three who wound up in the hospital. Officials say people at Joint Base Meyer-Anderson Hall in Arlington, Virginia, reported feeling ill after coming in contact with the letter yesterday afternoon. The three who were taken to the hospital are reported to be in stable condition. The building was evacuated in the area where the incident happened was screened and cleared. The FBI is testing that substance. What happened? Whatever happened to Don Jr.'s wife, I saw something on Twitter a while back that she was taken to the hospital because yeah, she opened a package addressed to him. Yeah, it wasn't. It turned out to be some benign substance. Okay. Put a scare into everybody yeah. for sure. A Chicago woman claims she had casino mogul Steve Wynn's baby after he allegedly raped her in the 70s. The Las Vegas Review Journal says the woman told police she had Wynn's child in a gas station bathroom after oh. he raped her several times. The new details come from police reports filed shortly after the Wall Street Journal reported allegations of sexual misconduct against Wynn. The billionaire, former RNC finance chair, has vehemently denied the allegations, claiming 
They are being instigated by his ex-wife. The Las Vegas Review-Journal says a second woman also filed a sexual assault claim against Wynn earlier this month. That woman told police that Wynn coerced her into sex when she worked at the Golden Nugget in 1975. And as of today, the Kevin Spacey Foundation is out of business. The nonprofit based in England encouraged young people in the performing arts. Four months ago, several men accused Spacey of sexual misconduct when they were only teenagers. Those allegations seem more sickening because of the foundation's mission of working with young people. On the surface, the cause sounds noble unless Spacey used it to groom boys. I would assume they're investigating that. The trustees released a statement saying, quote, the work of the Kevin Spacey Foundation is no longer viable. The foundation will be closing on February 28th. He's been MIA for months. I haven't heard boo from him or anybody around him since this whole thing came out. Good. Go away. You are castigated to irrelevance. A Florida woman. It's like Louis C.K. You hear anything from him? Nope. But I think he'll be back, unlike Spacey. I don't know, man. You know, I I think it's going to be tough to do it if you don't have the acceptance of your peers. And I don't know how long that's going to take. It'll be interesting. Not to mention that it colors all of the inspiration for his art. It's completely different now. His point of view will always have that creepiness in it. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for him to to get past that, I think. A Florida woman is expressing her frustration at her high water bill. Dana McCool of Deltona posted a video on Facebook of her paying her $493 water bill in pennies. That left employees having to count the Mm -hmm. nearly 50,000 coins. McCool said it took employees over two hours to tally up all the coins. That's awesome. The city says it's probably a leak that's causing her water bills to be so high. How many pairs of shoes do you wear in a week? Uh, I probably wear th- three to four. Usually. Yeah, in the winter. Yeah. What about in the summer? Probably more. Po- possibly more in the summer. No, 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 no. probably three to four. All the time. I'm thinking boots, running shoes, right. regular shoes. Eighteen percent say they wear only one pair of shoes during an average week. One percent say they wore more than seven, so that could be. A That's women, parent. though, right? Doesn't say, doesn't specify. Just people in general. Or my brother, yeah, he's a sneakerhead. He wears like a different pair of shoes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> the most common was two to three pairs. That got sixty-one percent of the vote. Uh, pop culture fans missed out on the chance to score a paper cup once owned by Elvis Presley. They still have an opportunity to bid on some Farrah Fawcett nostalgia. A plaster cast of the famous Charlie's Angel starlet is up for bid at Palm Beach Modern Auctions. Uh, it's not just the cast itself auctioneers believe could go for as much as $15,000. It's because Andy Warhol and Keith Haring signed her cast during a star-studded party she attended. Among the other faucet items at the auction are her metal lipstick holder, U.S. passport, a Louis Vuitton luggage tag, and a nude sculptor that she created and signed. That auction begins this Saturday at noon local time. Finally, Charlie Watts has once again said that if the Rolling Stones break up, he'd be fine with it, which is what he said all the way back in uh, 2002. If it stopped tomorrow... It wouldn't bother me particularly. I mean, it could stop, and that would be fine with me because I've had a good ride so far. 
Charlie's latest comments came in an interview with The Guardian in which he says, quote, I love playing the drums and I love playing with Mick and Keith and Ronnie. I don't know about the rest of it. It wouldn't bother me if the Rolling Stones said, that's it, enough. But I don't know what I would do if I stopped. Keith is a great one for saying, once you're going, keep going. The big worry for me is being well enough. Uh, We don't work like we used to. Fortunately, there are huge gaps between each show, end quote. But Charlie, who is 76, says this before every tour. And the reason for the latest interview is they are uh, plugging their European run, which starts in May. Clouds and sun, chance of rain near 60 for the high today. Rain in mid-40s overnight. It's 43 at DBE. I don't watch The Bachelor, um, but I do find the whole phenomenon kind of amazing, particularly in this day and age where you can simultaneously read um, accounts of, of women who feel more empowered than ever in the wake of the Me Too movement. Uh, those same people love watching The Bachelor. Which is weird. That seems at odds. Um, not all of them, but you know, occasionally. Now, a funny new book came out. I think it's funny. Bachelor Nation, Inside the World of America's Favorite Guilty Pleasure. Reveals some of the behind-the-scenes stuff about The Bachelor. Hmm. Um, some of it has to do with what the women go through to get on the show. Not surprisingly, it includes an STD test. Also not surprisingly, yeah, no, you would think that would be an important thing. How many people don't get in? That test is a deal breaker for a lot of entrants. Women who test positive are immediately dismissed. But you want to know what the one that is knocking out more people than any other STD? Chlamydia. I would have thought it was something like yeah, that. Yeah, the clap. <laughs> something that's like... She's got the clap. Is it called the clap anymore? Do people know that is the clap? Because the clap... Sure. I don't know. Because that can be like laid dormant, right? That's a coverall, I think, really. So I would think that that would be one of the ones where women didn't even know they had it. Something yeah. like that. The uh, herp. The number one... STD that knocks out women as contestants on The Bachelor, hypes. Hmm. How do you not know you have herpes? You got to know. Does it say they don't know? It says sometimes they don't know. Maybe they just right. haven't had an outbreak yet. Right. An executive producer said, quote, sometimes you'd be the first person to tell a contestant they had herpes. You'd be like, uh, <laughs> can you imagine finding out you had herpes from? And we have two cans of Carmex here and there's <laughs> some Hollywood producer. Just one of you. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, so that would be the double indemnity of that, you know, like not only are you not on the show, it's because you have herpes. Maybe they should start a bachelor for STD filled people. Yeah. Real chance at STDs. Since you have some, you know, you don't want to spread it, keep it amongst yourself. And instead of passing out roses, you give out condoms. I like that. Or Valtrex. And then. The funny thing is we did the uh, story earlier about the combine, the NFL combine, and the questions they ask prospective draftees, which are very bizarre. And some of the questions they ask women who want to be on The Bachelor, they resemble the sort of, sort of like, where did that come from nature of the combine questions? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have out-of-body experiences? Do you yes. think you can control things with your mind? I mean, honestly, we yes. should do a contest. Which of these is a bachelorette? 
question and which of these is an NFL combine question. Is this like uh, with your fortune and a fortune cookie, you follow it during sex? <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you ever wanted to kill someone? That seems to be an important question to put on The Bachelor. Yes. Have you ever wanted to kill someone? My out-of-body experience was when an alien with herpes had sex with me. I wanted to kill that alien. (laughs) That damn alien gave me herpes. I thought I could get rid of it with my mind. Have you ever wanted to kill someone? Uh, Yeah, my ex-boyfriend for giving me herpes. Thanks a lot. (laughs) If you could have a dream job, if they cut off one of your limbs, what would you would you do it? Oh my god. So if you could be like a buyer for sacks or something like that, you'd be willing to do it without a leg? <laughs> Would you rather have a triple D bra cup or write a cover story for Vogue? <laughs> Lord, that's so ridiculous. It's triple D. Do they say what close. some of the answers are? Like a percentage of women? When a woman rather. makes the cut, she pretty much has forfeited her rights in order to get on the show. The contract uh, that contestants have to sign includes this clause. I understand, acknowledge, and agree that producer may use or reveal personal information which may be embarrassing, unfavorable, shocking, humiliating, disparaging, and or derogatory, may subject me to public ridicule and or condemnation, and may portray me in a false light. I mean, sign me up for that. (laughs) Are you kidding? No. And they audition. Like, that is an acting gig. It's to get a reel, right? All of these people yeah. are actors in some way, shape, or That's form. That's amazing. It's incredible. Because they're so that bad at it. That, well, that and that there are so many unknowns just fighting to... Because how many, how many contestants do they start with? Like 20 or something? I mean, it seems like it's even more. It might 30? Be, yeah. I don't know. It continues to get uh, kind of bizarre. Uh, did you see Amy Schumer's wedding? She revealed on Nikki Glaser's new serious show, uh, Nikki, both of whom, Amy and Nikki Glaser, were uh, parts of uh, DVE comedy festivals of uh, yesteryear. Nikki started a new show on Sirius mm-hmm. called You Up, and uh, Amy Schumer went on there to talk about her wedding. She got married recently, and apparently nice. part of her wedding vows were, I promise I'll keep giving you bleep even though every t- everyone tells you me I won't. So she promised her husband oral sex throughout their marriage in their wedding vows. That's yeah. nice to have that, in, you know, witnessed in front of your whole family. <laughs> right. <laughs> Would you expect it any other way from her, though? Right. Uh, she said she's going to miss being a booty call, too. She said that's the one thing about being married that she's going to miss a lot. Getting that late night, you up? Sup? What's going on? <laughs> All right, Mike's on the way here for you. I mean, seriously, think of the, these combine questions sound like Bachelorette. Is your mother a prostitute? When did you lose your virginity? <laughs> would you rather be a cat or a dog? You could ask any of these to the Bachelorette c- contestants, and they would sound exactly the same. Could How slutty ask, is your mom? Would could, you share your internet history with us? Is you your ask, mom a prostitute? Could you ask the Bachelorette questions to the combine? It, seriously, guys. if you did, think how funny it would be. <laughs> Where does the sun rise and where does it set? Somehow we got these mixed up. The Bachelorette contestant would be like, uh, it sets in Venice. <laughs> if, and- the, if the same rules applied, we never would have got that Camzilla guy from, from the Chargers, right? He the herpes one? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that when the Steelers uh, signed that herpy-laden defensive <laughs> lineman. Uh, on the way, And for- I mean, it must have been a nightmare for him to play in San Diego. Where it's hot year round. It's tough. 
talking about? The heat? Does heat herpes? cause herpes? No. <laughs> just makes it uncomfortable when you have an outbreak and it's 98 degrees. <laughs> I think it'd be uncomfortable no matter what the temperature. Right, yeah. Nah, the cold keeps it down. Billy, All... Billy you're talking about it an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> All herpes Listen, infected guys. people should move to Alaska. I couldn't get on The Bachelor. That's what I'm trying to say. Did you hear Val over there with a? That's like eugenics. What she said? No, he said it, heat bothers your herpes. Oh, so oh you okay. should move to Alaska where it's cool and it won't be, <laughs> won't be it's quite as uh, inflamed. Right, right. Where would you rather do missionary work, Leper Island or Herpy <laughs> Island? Mike's got your sports coming yeah. up here. The Pens last night with a uh, well, it was a, it was a fun game to watch. Casey DeSmith. Pretty good job last night. Let's in that last one. Kind of, kind of fluky almost. You just kind of put his blocker up and then. Mm-hmm. Um, did an admirable job though. He did. Was it a stick hand? I don't know. Anyways, Broussard, his first game as a penguin last night. I was kind of watching that like with the intensity of a playoff game. Me too. Because I thought like, this is us now. Here we are. This is our squad. We're going to be able to do it. Set it and forget it. Well, hopefully uh, they'll get Murray back for the long haul here. Michael, have the details on that. The Pirates are being sued by the Major League Baseball Players Association. And Mark Madden will be joining us 945 here on the DVE Morning Show. From DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, Mike. Defenseman Matt Hunwick scored his fourth goal of the season for the Penguins last night. But uh, if you were paying close attention during what became a 3-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils at PPG Paints Arena, you might also have noticed that Hunwick and his defense partner, Jamie Alexiak, were on the ice for two New Jersey goals. Hunwick had been on the ice for four goals and Alexiak three in the Penguins' 6-5 loss in Florida on Saturday night. That being the case... Mike Sullivan was asked in the postgame about uh, his thoughts regarding his third defensive pair. Sullivan's reaction intriguing. Um, I, I thought they were fine. You know, it, it's easy to point fingers. You know, he, he, there's, I, I think they're, they're a pair that, that we know that can get the job done for us. They're, they're good players. And, uh, you know, just just because you're on the ice for goals against, there's a whole lot more to it than that. I mean, you, you know, it, it, we try to look at specifics and, and uh, responsibilities and, um, and and where people are. So just because someone's on the ice for a goal doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean that's that's their fault. There's five, there's six guys on the ice, not five. There's six guys on the ice. So um, I, I think that's that's a. a a real broad assumption to make, and that can be dangerous. So can playing Hunwick and Alexiak killing a penalty. <laughs> Just a little bit defensive there, or am I reading too much into that? It's early. I don't know. That's going to be a thing, for lack of a better descriptive word. Good question. Since they got rid of Ian Cole. One of the goals, uh, I forget who scored, but they put it right through Alexiak's legs. Right through his skates. Yeah. Uh, it takes depth on defense to get all the way to the Stanley Cup. And uh, Matt Hunwick and Jamie Alexek are going to be in the spotlight as that third pair if they continue to be that third pair. And I don't see a whole lot of options of them not being that third pair. Sullivan uh, saved his critical competition. And, and his response, they're not surprising to me, 
in that he rarely, if ever, throws an individual or individuals under the bus. Uh, he saved his critical commentary uh, when asked to describe the overall play of his team and, and what he didn't see that he wants to see more often. We're playing against good teams. They're going to get chances. It's the nature of the game. But I think we can do a better job at putting ourselves in positions to defend harder and, and uh, making it more difficult and at least limited some of the quality. And there were quality chances on both ends of the rink. I, you know, it was one of those games, you know, where the, the shot clock was high on both sides. Um, but I, I can only speak for our team. I, I think we have to do a better job at playing a tighter game. Except apparently Hunwick and Alexiak because they were fine. No, they weren't. None of them were. You could say they got to play better. And the pressure's on Hunwick now because we got rid of Ian Cole and he's got to step up his game. You can say that. That is a fair assessment of the lay of the land. Applying kid gloves to yes, uh, I think they're right worried now, about yeah. those two. Hey, Hunwick got on the score sheet last night. Yeah. Him and... Sherry are the ones that need needed that the most, I thought. Hunzi. Hunzi. Wixie. Derek Broussard got in a game for the first time with the Penguins. 16 minutes and 58 seconds. It wasn't uh, a spectacular debut for Broussard, and uh, people probably shouldn't have expected that it would be. Uh, Broussard interpreted his first night in a Penguins jersey as a start, but nothing more than that. You know, the message is pretty clear. It's just uh, to have fun out there and not uh, think too much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, just can't wait for the, for the next game. Uh, the excitement all day long, um, well, all weekend long, I would say. And, uh, you know, it's a different style of play here, and uh, it's going to take me a couple games again. And, yeah, I'm just looking forward for the next couple of days and trying to get better every day. Tap Speed Ottawa last night. They're back in first place in the Metro with 79 points, followed by the Flyers with 78, the Pens with 76, and the Devils with 74. That team is going to be a pain in the neck for somebody. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to work up a real lather playing against them, and yet they're going to be difficult to deal with. How about AHL coaches getting it done? Guys jump up to the major leagues, kicking ass. Particularly ones that come up through the Pittsburgh system. Alex Ovechkin did not score a goal in the Caps win last night, so the uh, goals race is still Ovechkin with 39, Evgeny Malkin with 36, and William Carlson of Vegas with 34. The points God, race. How did Gino not get one last I night? I know. That Shocked. That sequence at the end of the game, I still can't believe they didn't tie it. Uh, when they pulled Casey to Smith, and then uh, Blake Coleman from New Jersey lost his stick. Oh. And the Penguins had the puck in the devil's end for what seemed like five minutes, and they were whipping it around and getting all kind of and looks. And he still blocked Latang's shot. Though. Yeah. I, I, I'm real surprised it didn't go in there. And that's a, you get a goal like that, and all of a sudden all the ills of the game go away, and then maybe you, mm-hmm. maybe you win it in overtime, or at least you get a point. And, you know, who's on the ice for how many goals doesn't seem to be as big a deal, but uh, Pens will try to get better Thursday night in Boston. They host the Islanders at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Matt Murray, not uh, the only key figure in the Eastern Conference who is down and out at present. Murray, uh, the Penguins announced yesterday morning, has been diagnosed with a concussion. The Bruins announced that center Patrice Bergeron has a fractured right foot. They're going to re-evalu- 
reevaluate him in a couple of weeks. Oof. That's a huge blow to a Boston team that was kind of loading up at the deadline, doing what it could to maximize what has been a real good season so far in Boston. Uh, right, they went out and got Nash. The NFL uh, scouting combine is taking place this week in Indianapolis, and the wind continues to blow toward a reinterpretation of the catch rule. Giants owner John Mara, who is a member of the competition committee, told ESPN that there is, quote, unanimous agreement, unquote, that a couple of high-profile non-catches in recent seasons should have been catches. No, he wasn't talking about Jesse James. He was talking about Des Bryant in the 2014 playoffs and Calvin Johnson of the Lions in 2010. That was really the first one that started the NFL down this ridiculous drain. I agree. I remember that. Uh, Mara telling ESPN, quote, I think all of us agree that those should be completions, so let's write the language to make them completions. That doesn't seem all that hard, does it? When he says it like that? Jesse caught it. Ground can't cause a fumble. Ground can't cause an incompletion. Then it's just up to the referee to decide if the guy had control and made a football move or whatever qualifier you want to attach to it. It ain't I, that hard. It ain't well, I think they were trying hard. to take away any miss perceptions about what is or put it in the hands of the referee. They, they've been increasingly trying to take it out of the referee's hands so one guy couldn't be blamed or like yeah. the officials uh, on mass couldn't be blamed for something. So they figured if they codified it to the extent that they actually had it pinpointed down to a step a, a movement of the ball, all of that, yeah. then that they were going to make it better. And that then absolute of going to the ground would be the catch-all. Right. And in doing so, they actually not, created so much more all. confusion than they would have had there been one or two times where a referee uh, failed the eye test. You know what I mean? Yep. And that would be better. I think as bad as refereeing has been in the past, the scrutiny now is unlike it's ever been. Yeah. I, I want refereeing to be good and officiating to be good, but I don't need it to be perfect. No. It, it, it's it's going too far toward trying to make it perfect in a lot of sports. They're never going to make it perfect, and it's dragging all the games down. Just Yeah, human no. error is going to be a part of the game. So, no matter get what. a bad call, overcome it, play better, win anyway. And if you don't, you didn't, go get them next year. Like I, Sid's goal last night, I even thought, like, why are we looking at that? Come on. Yeah, like, that's it, a great example. That, that, was, that was a goal. Yeah. Jesse caught it. <laughs> we get home field throughout. Jacksonville goes to New England. Tennessee comes here. We win the Super Bowl. When's the parade, Bill? I got to figure that out. Phil Bork, the old two-diner when we come back. It's the DVE Morning Show. Donnie Iris Day today. The mayor proclaimed it. Happy Donnie, well, Donnie Day. Iris. It's, it's happy Donnie Day. Tarala boom, DA. It's Donnie Iris Day. We're giving tickets away. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. You could win tickets to Donnie Iris's March 10th show at the Palace Theater. All you got to do is listen for your chance to win, and you're off to see Donnie performing in all his glory. That sounds like he's naked. Donnie performing at the uh, Palace Theater, and those shows are starting to uh, basically have an epic sort of uh, aura around them. There's like a... Uh, it starts when you park the car. Yeah, it's... People are talking about these shows like they are Pittsburgh pilgrimages. Yeah, I went to the first one. Val, you went to the second Mm -hmm. one. It was awesome. I can't encourage people enough if you get a chance to go, go, because it'll be great. How do you like that? That's pretty good right there. Yeah, that's a hell of an endorsement. 
Um, why can't I find my damn? What happened? I lost the. Uh, I can't start the segment without you getting it. Thanks, Joe. Producer uh, Joe Rikiki on this. He's doing yeoman's work, by the way. Oh, the, the signal to scratch the beard. Scratch whose beard? Joe. I'm not scratching any. Beard. What the months are? Old two niner, master of the club. Never listen up. There's no one finer than the old two niner. Apparently, that's Chip Demonic, uh, Pittsburgh's own, uh, with the old two niner song. He's done a full version of the song. Uh, I saw. Hop back in the studio. You know, have you guys ever done spinning before? Like, yes. Uh, bicycling, cycling. Yes, but, yeah. uh, the class. Yeah. Would be a perfect song for spinning. Dun, 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 dun. Like it's like On climbing the for hill. Forty-five minutes. <laughs> Do you, it's going up the mountain. Do you spin a lot? I have in the past. Would that, would, would that work off if I went to section 116 and had too many old two niners? Would that help? That would definitely help. <laughs> In with the good, out with the bad. Yeah. All right. Well, Penguins were hoping to do that at the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Uh, last night, first uh, shot at seeing Derek Broussard. If there's a, such a thing as a statement win, uh, was that a statement loss by the Penguins? As if to say, caution. Here's what can happen now, and we can't let our defensive inadequacies mm-hmm. overcome us. I'm not going to go that far. I, I think, if anything, it was a statement for New Jersey to say, hey, we're, we're here for, now. We're for real. Okay. Mm-hmm. That us beating you on February 3rd in our barn was no mistake. We right. beat you 3-1. to one. We outshot you 38-16. to 16. We threw another 38 shots on your barn, and we spanked you again. To me, that's a statement that they're not going away, that they're for real. Well, all right. So what do you make of uh, Broussard's first game last night? Okay. And Mikey just spit out the numbers, 17 minutes, a couple shots, four hits. He made some really good plays. It, it, it wasn't one of those monumental first games wearing the black and gold. Uh, he admitted that, and I didn't really think about this till the postgame show, how different a system the Penguins play. Most teams play pretty much the, the same system throughout the league. But Ottawa and Pittsburgh, not even close. And hmm. so he felt right. there, was a, there was a big adjustment there. Uh, for him to to get up to speed the way the Penguins play, it won't take him long. Well, the, the part I like the best is his post game comments. He's already thinking about Thursday's game in Boston. He's he's so excited to be here and what could happen playing for this hockey club. I, I think he'll be fine. I, I don't put too much into last night's game. So um, Murray hurt for the fifth time in two years. Yep. That that seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. Yeah. For a goalie, it seems like a lot. Yeah. Well, this one here is, uh, boy, it's a head shaker for me. He, he takes one you know, friendly fire from his own teammate right, right. off the melon. I was there in practice, and I, I heard that noise. I went, ooh. It's just a different sound when you get hit flush the way he did right. off the mask. Uh, I, I certainly don't think he's fragile. I don't. I, I just think he's had some, some weird injuries come his way. You know, whether it's the hamstring. There are a some fluky. Concussions. Yeah. It, they seem fluky. So are only two of them concussions? Two concussions. Okay, that's... The other one was, I don't think it was a puck. I think this was the last game a couple years ago in Philadelphia where Braden Shen kind of hit him on the side. It was a little bit more of a whiplash. Yeah, Yeah, that was the last one. Okay. That that didn't last too long. No, what did he miss? One playoff game? Two playoff games? uh, Two playoff games. The first two of the Rangers, and then then he 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 went in his first playoff game, game three in New York. 
So hopefully this one's not long. What did you think of Chris Letang last night? And don't judge it on whether it was a good game or bad game. Judge it on what he can bring as opposed to what he's bringing. Because what I'm getting at here is I think he's a special guy, and I haven't seen a lot of special out of him in a while. Not consistent enough. It's it's frustrating at times to watch Chris Letang's game because at times you're like, oh, my God, this this kid is off the charts good. The plays he make makes, there's not another defenseman in the league that can do some of the things that he can do. But there's other times he makes plays where he just throws the puck up the middle of the ice. He gets a shot blocked where you you think, man, he's better than that. So uh, for me, I just think he he's w- continues to work on on being consistent and putting together a sixty minute game, which which is a bit of a struggle uh, because there are there are highs, very high highs, but then there's very low lows at times, and it just seems to be this this bit of a roller coaster ride. He he's, he keeps on working on it. There was there was a stretch there recently, Mikey, where he was playing very consistent, simplified his game, got pucks in that, accumulating points. But there are games like last night where you, where you want to see that 60-minute game. Because if you don't see games like last night, if he gets special and stays there, that cures a lot of ills on the back end. Oh, my I mean, goodness, that, yeah. Absolutely. That is right. climate-changing right. going into the postseason. Yeah, he is a difference maker. He, is, he can be a real difference maker, whether it's just a game or a whole series. He can change a whole series. But they need He's him that to talent. be that. They I mean, need him to be that way. And so he's striving to be that way right now. Uh, I think we're past the whole thing of, okay, he's got to get back to his game. He had these injuries. He had this this major injury last year. I think all the rust is off the spark plugs now. I think he's just working on trying to play a complete game. Are the Penguins set up for a playoff run? Yes. That would entail <laughs> a physical series, wearing down another team, being able to withstand being beat up a little bit? Well, they won two cups that way. Uh, out, out, skating teams, if you will, um, team toughness, when, scrappiness. When the, the first one in particular, yeah. and they were told that that was never going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. The last two years, that's that was the knock on the Penguins. Are they tough enough? If it gets physical, uh, do they're they have, fast enough. You can't. They ha- right. You can't hit what you can't catch. Exactly, Crow. And uh, I just think that you know teams try to intimidate the Penguins, and they've been able to battle through it and stay disciplined uh, in the last couple of years. Um, really, when you think about the only player they're they're missing when it comes to toughness, uh, I'm not going to say Ron Hainsey. I'm not going to say Trevor Daly. It would probably be Ian Cole. You know, that's kind of that that scrappy, abrasive player uh, because obviously Ryan Reeves wasn't here the last two years. And he's now gone. So really, Ian Cole's the only guy, and I think Jamie Alexiak can be that guy. You know, the big rig um, is a guy <laughs> that I think is built for the playoffs cuz he's just a heavy guy that's always leaning on you always giving you those those little cross checks he could be that guy he got to get a stick on that one last night right yeah yeah his gap wasn't great he's got to get stick on puck there that's that's a world class play by Kyle Palmieri you talking about that goal mm-hmm. yeah. Palmieri goal that was a, that was a that was a special play but you, yeah if you want to critique it the other way he his gap's going to be a little bit tighter on a, on a skilled player like that. How he, fun is it to watch Gino play right now? Oh, my goodness. How did he, he score? He could have had three in the first period. <laughs> yeah. he, he, is, he is completely on a different level than everybody else right now. He's one and with the puck. He is one with the puck. He finds the puck, and the puck finds him. There's times he'll go over and almost take a puck right off a teammate's stick. And just say, give me that thing and get the H-E right. double hockey sticks out of the way. I'm taking over this hockey. It looks game. like the old like Sega 94, where like the, it looks like the puck's about to leave his stick, and then it just magnet- magnetically yeah. zooms back onto it. Yeah. Do you think Tampa changed 
the dynamic of the Eastern Conference? Yes, I do. Um, it'll be interesting. The injury with Kucherov, I heard it's not that bad. He's going to be back soon. So they probably dodged a bullet there and the importance he uh, has. But, uh, you know, the Ryan McDonough thing I had heard a lot about, and I was like, okay, that, that will definitely help them. The JT Miller one I didn't see coming. Yeah. He's underrated, isn't he? I, he really is uh, underrated. And, uh, you know, the, the rumor is that uh, him and A.V., Elaine Vignon, the head coach of the New York Rangers, didn't see eyeball to eyeball. And so it, it kind of looks like on the on the outside that A.V. won. A.V. won that battle, and he's <laughs> on his way. He was going to be an RFA in the offseason. Obviously, he's going to get paid. He's a really good player. But, you know, with all the players that they lost – you know, the Grabner and everybody else that I would think that that's a building block, man. That's a guy you got to keep. And for him to get shipped to Tampa with McDonough, that definitely made them stronger. I'll show you, kid. I will yeah. send you to a contender. Yeah, <laughs> I'll send you to Florida. Wow, way to hurt me. Yeah. Porky, I saw you doing a hit last night on uh, the NHL Network from your kitchen, and I yes. wanted to pitch you a show. Two minutes in the kitchen with the old two niner, and you just you you make meals in two minutes. Yeah, you could use Stanley cups, the bowls in the Stanley cups to mix the ingredients. I love it. I think people would tune into that. Just saying. Wow. Uh, uh, do do we need to talk post? Yeah, show I think here? we do. We do. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm available. Or do you want to just have your people call to my produce. people? We get this done. Yeah. yeah, in the kitchen with the old two niner. Two minutes. Two minute meals. How's the beard? <sighs> um, you missing it? I I am. I am. I don't even recognize myself when I look in the mirror, mm-hmm. but I am doing it everything I can to I like get the Chia Pet going again and, and <laughs> watering and fertilizing to get the playoff beard going. You look more like an assassin mm. now. Yeah. <laughs> Before you looked like a serial killer. Or keep going. Now you kind of look like you're buttoned down like yeah. uh, like you're a targeted, methodical mm-hmm. assassin. The other time, it seemed like you could have just pulled an axe out of your truck and started swinging. Uh, the other, the other <laughs> yeah. one, I heard homeless, too. I heard right. that quite a yeah. bit. <laughs> Living out of a van yeah, over by the, the, the Mon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Porky's taking it to heart. He's taking it down to the river. Take this cup down to the river and live there. <laughs> Phil Bark, Bork, the old 2-9er, can hear him on our brother station, 105.9 The X, alongside Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. Thanks, Porky. Pro Randall, Valerie, and Michael. This is a blast this morning. And good hockey talk. 24 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. It appears that President Trump will seek re-election. Trump is tapping Brad Parscale to run the 2020 re-election campaign. Parscale was the digital director for Trump's 2016 campaign. He was credited with crafting a successful strategy to promote Trump on social media. (laughs) On CBS's 60 Minutes last year, Parscale said the Trump campaign used digital production better than anyone ever had in history. The announcement is thought to be the earliest any president has named a campaign manager mm. for a re-election bid. In other election news, that guy's Pennsylvania, like, thank you very much for the job. In other, my name is Lenny. Election news: The Pennsylvania Supreme Court is shooting down a request by high-ranking public uh, Republicans in the state House and Senate to delay activating the new congressional district map, barring a ruling otherwise from the U.S. Supreme Court. Pennsylvania's new congressional district map is being implemented as planned. Congressional candidates began ballot petitions for the May primary within their new district lines yesterday. And this is probably not a surprise to any parent. Kids age you. However, new research has found that having kids ages you as much as smoking and being overweight. Wow. In fact, being a mom ages you faster than those bad habits do. 
It's that's probably really rough news for the overweight parents that smoke listening <laughs> right now. They're like, ooh, I'm going to die in a year. <laughs> but this might help, according to a new study. Forgetting you are an adult every so often is a key to living a long, healthy life. Researchers found guys don't fully mature until the age of 29, and for many, it's all downhill from there. But those who perceive themselves to be younger than they actually are end up being more optimistic, which helps them make better health choices like exercising and eating right. Scientists found that doing simple things like watching kids' movies (laughs) or driving with the music turned up loud and daydreaming will all boost feelings of nostalgia and help inspire healthy living. It's funny because, you know... Like Serena has been trying to encourage me to go out and do stuff like with friends. And I've just been like, all right, that's that's going to be tough for me. Because usually if I don't have a gig and it's Friday night, like I'm thinking we're just going to sit at home and watch Fuller House or (laughs) go to the jump park or something like that's my life now. And then I went out the other night and I can't do it anymore. Because you can't recover or because you just go crazy? No, I have no recovery. It took me two days. I was hungover for two full days. <laughs> yeah. Isn't I'm like, I'd rather fun? just wake up and like fat shame myself for eating a Reese's cup because we went to see a movie I had, than be hungover for three days. I had two glasses of wine last night, and I don't remember anything of the Penguins game. <laughs> <laughs> After they challenged that goal, Sid's goal. That was early. I know. <laughs> Did you beer bong them? Like, how do you not? No. Re- I just passed was it, out. Was it Mad Dog? <laughs> what were you drinking? Wine. Good Lord. Man, that is so funny. <laughs> how'd you, really hey, not- how'd your Tuesday night go, Val? I two glasses of wine and blocked out. <laughs> I remember that goal, and then uh, Derek Broussard flipped a puck between his legs. That's all I remember yeah. of the game. That's That's nice it. play. <laughs> so pathetic no you know what though it's it's better i mean belt here's the alternative you could build up your immunity to it by boozing all the time no thanks don't you want to feel bad after you get loaded like that yes so that you're you know if you're in a if you have to get loaded to feel better then then you're in a bad then you're in a yeah in the wrong way but yeah you kind of have to reinvent yourself Mm -hmm. or just find that that balance again because it does age you. In the beginning, I mean, just rapidly. Like, a, uh, kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. You have to, I mean, it's just an everyday struggle. You are living in the permanent present. It's just constant worry and stress yes. every minute of every day, even when your kids are adults. Like, w- before I had kids, I used to throw, like, whole days away. Like, I would <laughs> never get out of bed for, like, a whole weekend. Oh, that's You so just awful. can't do that anymore. Or you're a deadbeat, or you know, <laughs> dad has mono, or what you know, whatever they end up saying about you. There's a, uh, a Reddit discussion going on right now about dating. Uh, lots can happen, good yeah, and bad. If you're bad. on Reddit, you don't date. Well, you might Often go I. on dates. <laughs> uh, have Joe, you- am I right about that? It basically is like the subculture of people who never leave their house. What and- if you're married and and you just. Oh, You're or, not trying to date. Well, there's that, too. I think You're in a loveless marriage. <laughs> Reddit is a dangerous place to go. I, I don't go like. on there, but I sometimes they have interesting My things. brother's addicted to it. If like there's the front- a topic you're super interested in, Reddit is amazing. Because it has 
It's basically crowdsourcing everything involving whatever thing it is. Like if that if that topic is white supremacy, I understand it's very very helpful. Yes. What yeah. was uh, who was the guy who was into naked pregnant women that was at the oh debate? What the heck was uh, his name? Not Joe the plumber. Who God, was no. the guy? Kick it on there, Joe. Uh, Ken Bone. Ken Bone. <laughs> yeah, we got Ken, Ken Bone. Bone. Remember that? Just saying his name. <laughs> Ken Bone. Remember, everybody's like, oh, look at that sweater. He's adorable. Then they found him on a Reddit thread where he's like, oh, right. those, those pregnant submarines? human submarines. That's what Dude. he called preggy moms. Ken Bone. Oh. And that's why I, I, I really kept my distance when we all fell in love with Barry from Squirrel Hill. That was... P.O. that that Fuddruckers ash got all up and down a property all and all over, over his mom's car. car. Well, you know how that goes. You never know. I mean, it's uh, it's a crapshoot. It's but. all over the, the street, the property, uh, you know, my mom's car over there, <laughs> uh, the yard. He, they're not wrong with Barry. Don't miss. Hopefully it's, it's not toxic. But, yes, we shouldn't let them lead parades until we know, you know. But I, I'm just saying Ken Bone hurt me, and I'm scared. To jump back in again. Okay, so what do they say so about So back dating? to the, yeah, the Reddit yeah. discussion. Have things ever gone so bad you just got up and walked out in the middle of a date? I kind of have. I saw it happen. Oh, you did? Nah, I came back, but you do? I went away for a long time. My <laughs> uh, brother and sister-in-law decided to try to set me up with some clown. Did you know it? Yeah. Okay, so you agreed. Agreed. All going to a Penguins game. Oh, is this the guy with the Capitals jersey? Yep. Oh, my God. Guy shows up with the Capitals jersey on. That's yeah. number, strike one. Strike Red one. Strike two. He's right a dork. Gates. He's a dork. <laughs> Dorky Capitals fan. Dorky Capitals fan. That's a little redundant. Strike three. We're watching warm-ups, and I, I can't remember. I think it was Kevin Hatcher was playing here at the time, and he was like minus 18 at the time, <laughs> which is not great. And I was like... He's you know having a rough time lately. He's like minus eighteen, and the guy's head snapped to the right, and he said, "If that's all you're gonna judge him on." I got up, walked away, and came back in like the third period. That man. And this is during. Oh, you serious? You left for left totally left. My brother and sister-in-law were there, but were they pissed at you? I don't even care. (laughs) I didn't care either. She's like, I went and had two glasses of wine, blacked out, went back. Forgot you exist. That's right. That man's name was Ken Bone. (laughs) When I first came back from college, I was, I don't know, I want to say 20 years old. No, actually, I had to have been 21. I get a phone call, and it's this girl, and she goes, Bill, what's up? Hey, it's it's Amy. I'm like, hey, what's up? No idea who it is. She's like, I just wanted to see if you wanted to meet up for drinks. I'm like course where she tells me where i'm like all right this is gonna be a funny story like i i have no idea who this is so i go into the bar and i see this girl that i also went to college with and i go amy what's up and she goes oh my god what are you doing here and i'm like nah you know just hanging out what, what, what have you been up to she's like seriously this is so random what are you doing here and i'm like oh my god she doesn't know who she called she just called some random bill and had no idea it was me i'm like all right, this is weird. So we then just started hanging out. We went back to her house, and then we were sitting on the couch together, and she said something. I'm like, it it smelled like she had been gargling a bag of farts. And I was like, hold on. I got to take this call. And I acted like I was on the phone, walked outside, and 
and ran down the street and <laughs> never saw her again. I don't understand her deal. She had no idea. She found Why would a, she do that? She was just, like, I found a number on my fly. I just was seeing what's up with you. You want to meet up? She had no idea who she called. I currently have two or three, possibly, text threads that are active on my phone with people who I don't know who they are. Oh, yeah, that happens yes. in my phone. And they, they keep going, and I'm like, one of these days they're going to reveal themselves. Like there's one person you know, and then like three or four other random numbers that are in there. Is that what you mean? Yeah, no. I never jump in on those. No, but way. I think that's I, how they yeah. got my number. Oh, yeah. And so they're, they they like are asking me questions about stuff like, hey, what time does the Donnie Iris concert start tonight? And I'll be like, <laughs> Eight o'clock. Are you going? Yeah. Thinking about going down. Okay. Who are you going with? And they'll be like, ah, I'm not sure yet. The, Damn it. The usuals. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the gang. Ah, have fun. Uh, Dang it. Till next time. But I keep them active. Yeah. Because I'm hoping one of these days it'll String all make along. sense. And then our relationship will be like, you know, Revealed. a little more fulfilled because I'll have a backstory to it. Uh, you be like, wait, who are you? <laughs> Lisa Marie Presley revealed details about past problems with drugs and alcohol and documents related to her divorce. Uh, according to RadarOnline.com, Elvis's daughter has been to rehab at least four times, was quote-unquote abusing cocaine terribly during her marriage to Michael Lockwood and regularly mixed pills and booze. The contentious divorce has been heightened by Lisa Marie's blaming her financial problems on bad advice from her management. Comic book legend Stan Lee is watching his fortune disappear, and now police are investigating it as a case of possible elder abuse. The 95-year-old Spider-Man creator noticed $1.4 million disappear from his bank account recently. Checks were apparently forged from his account, and some of the money used to purchase a condo in Hollywood. A special unit of the LAPD was at Lee's home last Friday to interview him and go through his financial records police do not yet know who has been siphoning the money or if there are multiple people behind the theft and finally today is donny iris day mayor bill peduto announced the proclamation at donny's uh the first of donny's three shows at the palace theater in greensburg how therefore be it resolved that i william peduto mayor of the city of pittsburgh greensburg's largest suburb do hereby recognize Donny Iris for his spectacular service to the Pittsburgh area's music scene on this, the celebration of his 75th birthday, declaring his birthday Wednesday, February 28, 2018, Donny Iris Day, here in the most livable city of Pittsburgh. So that's a cool uh, honor for Donny today. So uh, listen to Donny Iris music and have a cigar, and we're going to play lots of music and give away tickets every hour from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. to his uh, show coming up March 10th at the Palace Theater in Greensburg. First chance to win coming up at 10. DVE Sports. Mike Pesuto with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. I wanted to pick up to start this hour where we left off. Last hour, talking about John Mara, the Giants owner's comments to ESPN uh, and how the competition committee is in unanimous agreement that uh, the Des Bryant catch and the Calvin Johnson catch should have been catches, and they got to change that catch rule. Uh, Said Mara to ESPN, quote, I think all of us agree that those should be completions, so let's write the language to make them completions. 
Now, uh, there is language in the current rule to allow for completed passes, even for movement of the ball. Uh, it occurred to me talking about that, uh, some video that emerged in the wake of the Super Bowl inside the NFL, which is on Showtime, had uh, referee Gene Steratore mic'd up and released video of Steratore. This is the Corey Clement catch in the third quarter. The one in the back of the end zone where the ball moved a little bit. Yep. But he was deemed to have caught it, and New England thinks it was a screw job. And everybody who hates New England thought it was a catch. Listen to Gene Steratore, who's from Uniontown, by the way, the referee of the Super Bowl. Yeah. he's Initially, he's talking with Al Riveron while he's reviewing the play on the field, watching the tablet. Then he explains the call to the crowd, and then he chats informally with one of the members of his crew as to why it was a catch. This is some pretty cool stuff. Let's go to that angle, Al. And let me look at that first foot now. You know which one I mean? This back on the left there? That's all That's all control. That's all control, babe. That's all control, big guy. I agree with you 100%. After review, the ruling on the field stands. It sticks here and then it goes there, but it never loses control. Is there a little ball movement? Yes, but that does not deem loss of control. You know, it goes from here, sticks on the forearm, right back to the hand, touchdown. Interesting to note on that play, Clement did survive the ground as he was falling out of the end zone. If they just take that, and, and that was, I thought, a great interpretation. When I watched the game, I thought according to the letter of the law, that was not a catch. But watching it again, it, it did move, but you could argue that he didn't lose control. Right. Leave it up to the guys on the field to determine that or not. The replay guy can just double check and take the stupid surviving the ground part out of it, and I think you're on to something. Yeah, me too. Shouldn't be this difficult to... No. allow the game to function. And, that, and that, was, that was a great throw, and he got his feet down and everything. And the ball did move a little bit. With the Jesse James thing, once he hit the ground, I thought he completely lost control. His left hand came off the ball. The ball spun around. I don't think I think there's video proof his hand wasn't under it. By the rules of today, that wasn't a catch, but it should have been a catch as soon as he turned around and stuck the ball over the goal line. I mean, I will uh, go backwards on that and say – that the shot they looked at at the time had to prove irrefutably that he did not control the ball. They called it a touchdown. So now you need irrefutable proof. The shot that we saw later that did show his hand removed from the ball, they didn't have access to that. That was from another camera. So everything they were looking at should have been, well, his his left hand could have been under that, and that could have been what moved the ball. That's another real good point. I think Al Riveron initially was trying to determine what happened instead of just trying to determine whether there was proof enough to overturn what they already called or right. not. And that was the point I was trying to make there. Yeah. Was how can you say you have irrefutable proof it, it, based on the shots they were looking at at the time? Now, some Sports Illustrated photographer has another shot from another angle that shows it right. later on down the road. They didn't have priv- they weren't privy to that. Now, can the referees get better? Yeah. Can the officiating <laughs> crews get better? Yes. But leave it at... Put it in their hands, first and foremost. By the way, Steelers still should have won the game, and it's ridiculous that they didn't. And yeah. I think if they call to catch Brady, just drives him down again. 
because he still had like 27 seconds. Oh, well, I don't know. But don't you just love it that a team that was the benefactor of that rule got burnt by it in the uh, in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Couple. Wonder couple what AB would call that. I think he would call that karma. It's called karma. Devils beat the Penguins three to two last night, but the good news for the Penguins is the Penguins' career of Derek Broussard is off and running. Broussard said after last night's loss to New Jersey that he felt a little more comfortable as the game progressed, but maintained he could do a whole lot better than he did last night. Yeah, I was spending a little bit more comfortable out there, but uh, yeah, if I have another notch in my game, I have another edge, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple of days just to get back to that uh, high intensity and get, get a good feel for the game. Head coach Mike Sullivan uh, gave Broussard's debut a passing grade. Mindful while he was doing so of the circumstances. Uh, I thought Derek was pretty good. I thought, uh, you know, it, there's obviously going to be a little bit of a feeling out process, an adjustment process. Uh, we play very differently than the team he's coming from. So from that standpoint, there's going to be a, uh, a little bit of an adjustment process. But um, <clears throat> I thought for his first game, he had good energy. He made some plays. Uh, I think he'll only get better moving forward. Stunning revelation in Major League yeah. Baseball. The Players Association doesn't think that the Pirates spend enough money. The Pirates, one of four teams named in a grievance filed by the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association. Join the fan base. Buccos president Frank Cooney issued a statement yesterday that said the MLBPA's grievance against the Pirates is, quote, patently baseless. He also called it a meritless claim. Whole thing's regrettable, and they're looking forward to going to arbitration to prove that they are putting money into the operation as they are supposed to per the CBA between Major League Baseball and its Players Association. They added a Permanis. Got some new LED lights. Mm-hmm. Changed the scoreboard a little bit. Hired another groundskeeper. It's up to them to police that because the fans uh, aren't going to do it. Hey, Kevin McClatchy could have could have made a statement, could have voted the other way. I don't know if it would have turned it. You know, I think the the vote was fairly lopsided, but he voted for this kind of structure in Major League Baseball, well, and it ensured that the Pirates are going to operate like this ad infinitum. The Rays, Marlins, and A's are the other teams mentioned in the grievance. Marlins, I don't know what the hell Jeter's doing down there. What I never understood about baseball is how many, like, would you say mega market teams are there or teams that spend a zillion dollars? Six. How many are there teams that don't? Well, 24. The rest of them. So what's to stop the majority from saying, hey, Yankees and Dodgers, we don't like the way you're doing business. We can't compete with this. Either you conform to our way of doing it, or you guys can play each other 75 times a year. All right, I'll put it to you another way. see how that shows up on television. I'll put it to you another way. You're a business owner. You have this business where if you exert a minimum amount of risk, you have a guaranteed solid return for a long time. By pushing the envelope and exposing yourself to more risk, that return on whatever investment it was is in danger. How many people have portfolios that open themselves up to going, you know what, if I lose my $1.4 billion baseball team, if that devalues by $400 uh, million, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. 
Like, not very many. Especially when it's being subsidized by the rich and fabulous. Right. That's where trickle-down theory is really working for people in Major League Baseball. They love it. Yeah, no. Put your Yankee TV money. Just dribble it down to us a little bit of it, and we're perfectly fine to make noise every once in a while. Like so we it's a Gipper had in mind contender. all along, right? Pardon? That's what the Gipper had in mind all along with the trickle-down economics. I believe so. I don't know. Smarter people than me can tell you Mr. what's wrong with baseball. But there you go again. <laughs> it seems to me like that's a, one of the first things that could happen. Opening day's coming up. All right. When we come back, Mark Madden joining us here. I'm sure he's got some thoughts on that. DVE. It's a DVE morning show. Mark Madden is joining us right now. It's a pleasure to see you, Mark. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Randall? Uh, well, I'm, I'm fighting a cold. Do you uh, you have a similar story to uh, the one uh, Val was telling earlier about a blind date gone bad, or, or Bill, one where uh, the, uh, your date's breath was so bad you had to just uh, <laughs> get to put an end to it? One where she was actually blind, but that served my purpose well. <laughs> well, yeah, that's not quite the same thing. Um, <laughs> but you've known Val a long time. A long time. She used to operate the board on Penguin Game Nights when I was the between periods host. He's known my husband longer. That's right. Do I you... went to Duquesne University when uh, when Mike Mackin, the the father in law, was the Duquesne mm-hmm. hockey coach. Aha! Uh-huh. Quite a swashbuckler he. Yeah. In the eighties, I heard he could drop the gloves in his day. Yeah, he played for a semi-pro team, the Pittsburgh Knights. I saw him hit a guy with the same punch twice. <laughs> <laughs> he he hit the guy and he kind of ricocheted off the glass into the same punch. That's amazing. All right. So last night, what's your uh, what's your takeaway from the final set uh, lineup for these uh, Pittsburgh Penguins? Well, I don't think it's the final lineup. I think that uh, Connor Sherry's going to play his way out of it, and eventually Zach Aston Reese will will take his place. On that Broussard line. Yeah, I guess I meant more that no more acquisitions. But Oh, I, I think it's a team that could win the Stanley Cup. I know there's this uh, canonization of Ian Cole out there that we can't possibly win without him because he provided such great shot-blocking acumen and was good on the penalty kill, which he definitely was. But uh, I asked those people, would you rather undo the deal and give Derek Broussard back? Uh, once the playoffs start, it becomes a, a situation where you use mostly your top four. Now, if somebody gets hurt on defense, that's a different story. But uh, it's going to come down to Mata, Schultz, Latang, and Dumoulin. And uh, I don't think Matt Huntwick's that bad anyway. Uh, I know there's this great outcry because he's had a, had a real rough game in Florida. Was on the ice for a couple goals against last night, but also scored a goal for Pittsburgh. I think he's fine. Mike Babcock used him more minutes for Toronto last year in the Leafs playoffs than he did any other defenseman. So if all y'all out there know more than Mike Babcock, you should... Uh, be coaching hockey, not listening to me talk about it on the radio. Uh, Again, the only place where the Penguins really suffer because that move is on the penalty kill, Mm -hmm. and I'm a believer that anybody can kill penalties given uh, proper instruction and uh, putting their minds to it. Casey DeSmith last night. What what is the hierarchy of the backup right now? I I think that's up for grabs. I think with Marriott, I think they're each going to get games. I I think that they like Jari's tools better, but I think they like uh, Dismiss' toolbox better. I, I, I think that uh, that uh, the Smith is too small to be an NHL goalie, but he stops a lot of pucks. Mm. Uh, that said, last night the one goal, the Palmieri goal, third the, one, the, oh yeah, the one through that the was one, second one. It, it was through a screen, yeah, but it was far enough out. You still got to stop that puck. And the third one was no box of chocolates either, because even though it was deflected, it was from a real bad angle. And if you're on the post like you should be. 
you, you do make that well, save. Well, he so. raised his the stick to t- – I think he thought one was coming high right before that, and then he, as he was lowering it, he left himself vulnerable there. That was just – it seemed kind of be a little fluky to me. Yeah, I, I think he's still – if he's in position, the puck hits him. Yeah, he went to play the puck, and the guy beat him to the puck. If you, if you do what Mark's saying, it still hits you. Mm-hmm. And like the great Tom Barrasso said – uh, the great saves don't take the bad goals out of the net. Casey DeSmith made a lot of great saves last night. And if you want to look at, uh, but, but let in a couple bad goals, but if you want to get the bottom line from last night's game, 38 shots against is just way too many. The Devils played a good game. They're very fast. Taylor Hall was unbelievable. Michael Grabner added just what we thought he would add to the Devils, but 38 shots at any rate is too many. The uh, Pirates fending off a... Uh complaint, a grievance from the Major League Baseball Players Association that they don't reinvest in the team enough from the shared revenue that they are given each year. What a terrible how you, accusation. How do you make it so that they can quantify this? I don't know that you can, and that's their best defense. Uh, Frank Coonley just totally denying the charge was, was actually great. I enjoyed it a great deal. You could almost see his nose grow while he was talking. <laughs> no. now, who knows what he had had to drink before he started talking, but at least he wasn't driving. Uh, now, uh, I, I think the, the biggest damnation of the Pirates in this little controversy is they haven't signed one major league free agent this offseason. They're the only team in the major leagues that hasn't signed one major league free agent. Uh I said yesterday on my show they could really get everyone to shut up if they went out and signed Neil Walker and put him at second base, third base, wherever, uh, whether Neil would want to come back. I don't know. But he needs a job. I I know he probably wouldn't, but he needs a job. But sign somebody. There's a lot of free agents available out there on the cheap because it's a buyer's market very much. Go sign somebody. Anybody. Add a guy. Anybody. (laughs) The fact that they are the the only team that hasn't signed a major league player, free agent, is – and I don't know how they can argue, no, 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 we're putting together a contender. Them other three teams in the complaint, Oakland, Tampa, and Florida, they've signed free agents. Miami, the Marlins, Jeter's team, has literally gotten rid of everybody. Yeah. But they went out and signed guys, too. Uh, NFL, the rules uh, committee meeting about the catch – Right. Going to the ground. They're going to fix everything now. Are they missing anything? Yeah. They'll fix it too late for the Steelers. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think if it looks like a catch, it should be a catch. And I don't think it's it needs to be any more complicated than that. Like Bill said earlier, though, it is aggravating that the fact that they had these laws, or not, rules, rather, in place. Laws. No, no, it's football. They're it's laws. A, they're law. They're tie laws, <laughs> in effect. That benefited the, the Patriots, and then they're like, everyone's like, "How could you possibly allow this to happen? This is egregious." And everyone's like, "Yeah, you're right. We better change it." After the Patriots benefit from it, did uh, I, I'm more interested in the interference rules change because uh, 15 yards, yeah, 15 yards, and, and, and part of me think that's better because too many quarterbacks in desperate situations just fire it up there, and the receiver looks for interference. But then again. I mean, Trev, what do you think? Doesn't it make an open season on any receiver that that runs a rod past 20 yards? Yeah, and part of their argument was that college guys don't just tackle the guy when they get beat. I don't think they're smart enough to. Yeah. I think pro guys will do that. They're not cynical. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Yeah, if the penalty's only 15 yards, why would you, if you're you're behind a guy, why wouldn't you just trip him? If you're already burned, you're just going to wipe that guy out on the. All right, hold on. Okay, then let's not be so quick to dismiss this because this might come in handy. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, especially against the Patriots. Well, do you want to bleed to death slowly or all at once? The first thing. I. <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> uh, the, the thing about that 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 is though, there should be some kind of you know sub rule where a referee can can give a spot foul or maybe give I don't know an extra fifteen yards if, if it's a situation where the guy clearly and cynically fouls him to prevent a completion. But boy, once you open up that can of worms. Yeah. Uh, again, if you made me choose right now, I'd probably just go with the 15-yard penalty, but but I see the downside for sure. Yeah, that's going to be a disaster next season. Papa John's is no longer the official pizza of the NFL. Who will now be the official pizza? I think that's the question. I mean, this is we're all waiting with bated breath. I, I, would rec- I would recommend Slice on Broadway. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. There's no doubt about it. They're not quite national, though. Almost. There's well, a new one every day. Well, not every day, but now and again. No, it's a good one. Is that your go-to locally? Big Shot Bob's is your wing place. Big Shot Bob's for wings, slice on Broadway for pizza, yes. Yeah, that's pretty good right there. That's a good All one. Oh, in close punch. proximity. Although we have a ton of pizza places in Pittsburgh that are pretty good. I agree. I really think good. People always kind of, uh, you know, the, the foo-foo pizza people say it's New York or nothing. There's some pretty good places here. Although I was in New York. Uh, but it's not New York. A couple weeks back, I got like, you know, the New York, get a slice out of a window. Pizza. Oh yeah, where at? Do you uh, remember? Upper West Side, someplace called uh, Freddie and Peppers. Okay, it was it was brilliant, just tremendous pizza. Nice. Would you go with just the classic cheese? No pepperoni. Right. Pepperoni. But but I to be honest, I still would prefer slice on Broadway. It's just that New York pizza is a different kind of pizza in a different kind of atmosphere. Yeah, with a whole bunch of people with funny accents standing T- around. Today's Donnie Iris Day. Is it really? Yes. Happy That's Donnie great. Day. Happy his, Donnie Day. It's his 75th birthday. The mayor has proclaimed it to be Donnie Iris Day. What do you think the best Donnie Iris song is? That That's a good question because I, I saw Donnie at the first of these three birthday shows, mm-hmm. and it really is amazing how deep his catalog runs when when he plays a concert. and like From beginning to end, you heard almost every song on the radio at some point, yeah. and there's a familiarity with it. I think him and Avsec are two great songwriters. Not yeah. good, but but great songwriters. Uh, you know what song I always really liked is it, it's a little uh, slightly off the beaten path of hits, but I can't hear you. Great tune. I, I love Donnie's use of backup vocals, and I think that uh, that uh, represents that as well as anything. He had a great sound. Uh, he had yes. a great production sound. It it definitely is from an era, right? Um, but it, even within the context of that era, I think it separated itself, and that's part of why he's been able to have you know. Uh, a, a long career, at least, you know, in the tri-state area around here, he can go and play big shows. I like this, you know, the, I, the idea of the residency at Greensburg. Yeah, in the Palisades. Well, I, he's just still so good too. He's seventy-five, man. Like I don't think he's people an inspiration. Understand. He's seventy-five. But As you forget a he's seventy-five. I think some people don't believe he's seventy-five when That's they watch him. What I'm talking about, he's seventy-five and he hits all the notes. It becomes. Are we positive he's not a clone? He's, Barbara Streisand might have cloned Donnie Iris a long time ago when she was cloning her dogs. I'm he not could sure. give a TED talk. I don't know what his uh, his routine is. Cigars. It's clearly cigars and for golf. Him. Okay, that might yeah, not be a great amazing. thing to it's spread gene- out there to the people. Genetics, man. It's was all- mom still alive? Yeah, she's in her nineties. Yeah, yeah, she she did a like a birthday greeting on the video. Yeah, like they, they had a video beforehand. with Donnie's friends and you know DVE. Well, you guys were yeah. very very prominent. Were we in that? Yes, like three times. They kept playing it over and over again. It was great. Three Pete and uh, and uh, yeah, they had Donnie's mom in there and like 
and I had Donnie on the show between the first and second shows. I go, your mom's still alive? Oh, yeah, she's still, you know, she can't come to the shows, but she's still, you know, sharp as a tack, blah, blah, blah. So uh, we might get another 25 years of Donnie shows. Well, I won't because I'll be long since dead. Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. We're giving away our first pair here coming up, Val, right? Sure, yep, with Michelle. All right. Tickets to see Donnie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Giving away every hour to celebrate Donnie Iris Day. Well, it was it, the show I went to was great. I, I've never been disappointed at a Donnie show. The, the, the thing that's interesting about Donnie shows, too, is I suspect that, that about 70% of the audience is the same every show. I think there's a hardcore Donnie. Yeah. Uh, audience that goes to see him literally every time he plays around here. Mm-hmm. I think part of the key to his success is Donnie loves music. I mean, he really loves music. He loves new music. And anytime that we've asked him to be a part of like one of the the shows, the Stones shows, oh, we I've were been doing, there when he does the Stones thing. It's great. But the way that he figuratively embraces the newer class of musicians and the new generation of musicians and how he appreciates their talent. And wants to learn more about them, and he actually is inquisitive and wants to help. I mean, that's a rare thing, you know. He's seeing these young guys. He's like, dude. He's like, hey, who is that guy? You know. And I'll tell him, you know. And he's like, well, what's the name of his band? And I've sent him tons of local stuff, and he loves it. And he'll text me later, dude. I've been jamming on this all day. He's seventy-five. Well, what I what I really <laughs> like about Donnie is. Uh, and I didn't realize this till till frankly a little bit ago when I you know the seventy fifth anniversary shows his birthday shows were announced. Donnie broke big late in life. I mean, he was in his late thirties when you know he he issued his first album as mm-hmm. as Donnie Iris and the Cruisers. Now, uh, I mean, I, I guess he had a hit with the with the Jaggers with the rapper. Although, was that kind of a novelty song? You tell me. Uh, it seemed like it. Yeah, but and, and it was like just a one hit wonder type thing. But then he really persevered and, and broke, you know, pretty big nationally with Aliyah and with with his solo stuff. And I give him credit for, you know, not you know dumping out and getting a regular job because in his late thirties that would have been very easy to do. What? And to top it all off, he did get a regular job, sold like real estate, correct? Did my mortgage and made a ton of money off that too, mm-hmm. off your mortgage in particular, right? Um, <laughs> what uh, Val was he in Wild Cherry? Uh for a brief time, yeah. I think yes. But he, he wasn't on Play That Funky Music, I don't think. I think that no, was prior think, yeah. to him. Happy birthday, Donnie. 75 years. I don't and... know about that, because they played that at, uh, what show did we do at Jurgles? The Christmas show. Yes. They played that there. Yeah. Okay. They do, they, the, that, the Rick Witkowski revolving yeah. uh band there Th- those guys th- that's one of their uh, sort of go-to's uh, for encores right. if well, donnie know. was there and he was doing it and well donnie played hush you know at, at the birthday shows but he wasn't in deep purple oh did he do hush that's yeah. a great one and he does the well it was a joe south song but he does the purple version oh which, the purple is, version is the, it's tr- it's the definitive version the john Tremendous. lord organ and that is awesome all right we gotta go we're really late okay better luck next time uh, this, I, I don't get it. Better. What do you mean? I mean, hopefully our show will be better next time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I promised that too. But no, I... your segment was was great. Yeah. 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 You're probably right. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants, Ronald? Ah! Mm-hmm.